This episode of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast is brought to you by JList.com. Would you like to fill your anime collection with more merchandise from your favorite shows? JList.com has just what you need. You can get Lancer Skahawk from Fate Grand Order in her heroic spirit formal dress. You can get Chika Fujiwara from Kaguya-sama Love is War in her bunny girl outfit. They have Natsu Dragneel from Fairy Tail. They have Pennywise from the Horror Beach Shoujo series. Or a Nendoroid of Zenitsu from Kimetsu no Yaiba. They have loads of other figures that you can choose from. So uh, stock up on your anime merchandise needs from JList.com. You can also go to their Safe for Work mirror site, JBox.com. They have Japanese video games, Japanese snacks, and so much more to support your addiction. You'll be helping to support the podcast and uh, treat yourself to something fun. And now it's time to start the podcast. Don't tell Mitz. Everyone, don't tell him. Yeah, yeah, guys, guys, between <laughs> chat. Chat and listeners, this is this podcast is between us, okay? Listen, and honestly, like guys, Mitz edits the show, right? But he's not gonna listen to this. He ain't gonna listen to it. He's gonna listen to the sound, not our words. He's gonna line up the beginning and line up the end and call it a fucking day. You're listening to the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. Take your anime addiction to the next level at aaapodcast.com slash join. And now, here are your anime addicts. Hey guys, welcome. <laughs> welcome to episode 525 of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. It is just the three of us today. We are down amidst, so I'm running the show. So be aware, there may oh be hiccups boy. along the way. I don't have, oh <laughs> I do not have Mitsugi's uh, setup, so uh, expect some delays with some drops in music and stuff. But uh, yeah, but we're going to have fun today. chaos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we are going to have fun today. So, uh, I am Mandy, and I am joined by two other hosts. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, Mason. Oh, 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 how's it going, everyone? Uh, Enzo and I are here to just run around and mess up the house as Mandy babysits us and try to keep us in order. Try my best. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm doing great. I'm glad to be here day before Memorial Day, so just relaxing, hanging out. <laughs> Someone oh, said yeah. in chat, three yeah, plus yeah, hour I'm, I'm, podcast today. Yes, yes, indeed. Oh, uh, it's, I mean, the, the likelihood is high, but I have also, and I am also on the team of, while well, Mitz is away, aka Young Dad, aka Young Bald Daddy, is out, I am going to just stay up forever and play Ooh. video games today. And he, he can't do, do a thing. <laughs> you might be Mitz grounded is, later, though. You can't do a Mitz thing. is away because uh, he has to visit his mom because she is so distraught that someone finally won. Does Mitsugi's mom know last week that mm-hmm. she's just like, ooh, in massive grief? So he's, he's counseling her about that. <laughs> Allegedly. Yeah, for sure. That's literally what's happening right Alrighty, now. so we have a lot of stuff coming up in today's show. We have uh, some uh, in a review of a show that was a listener choice and uh, some other stuff. But before we do that, we have uh, our 
usual uh, housekeeping to take care of. So you can join us at aaapodcast.com slash join. If you create an account there, you can get bonus content such as hentai episodes, hobby addict episodes. You can get after parties, which we have today, and uh, a lot of other stuff to help make your addiction worse. And you can also join us on social media. If you follow us on Twitch, you can uh, get updates for when we are streaming live on Sundays. Uh, Facebook, we still have our groups there at facebook.com slash groups slash aaapodcast. And you can also follow us on Twitter at AAA Podcast. And uh, Caroline keeps us updated with all the information that you need to know about the show and what we have going on. She is currently taking uh, submissions for Fan Art Friday, which are either sketches, paintings, cosplays, tattoos, anything you would like to share that mm. uh, you have to support your anime addiction. <laughs> and you can also find a link to our Discord, which is where all the happening stuff is. So if you go to our website at aaapodcast.com, scroll down, there's a uh, link there to our Discord. And we have all kinds of clubs and stuff to do there. So uh, what do we have going on in the Discord? Well, our health club is absolutely going nuts because now the weather's nice. So everyone's going out, being active. It's nice to see. Uh, we still have our seasonal watch parties every Saturday night at 9.30 EDT. Thank you, Mandy, for correcting us. Thank um, you for fans that told me. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's a group effort. It's a win yeah. for everyone. Um, big news, though, the anime club, uh, the next show we're going to be watching is the spectacular show again Roku Rakugo mm. Shinju one of the finest mm. shows of the past couple years one of my favorites I fucking love the show absolutely Real saved good. Studio Dean coming back from years of the abyss to just kill it so on June 3rd at 10 p.m. EDT we will be talking about it so if this has been on your back burner for months or years and you're like man i really should watch this show but uh, when's a good time now's the best time to watch it we're watching the first season you just watch it all. You show up to the discussion, jump in voice chat and either contribute or just hang out and listen and joke around and have a good time with us. But it's no pressure, but uh, highly encourage you to make it out to this one. You can watch it over on Crunchyroll and uh, we hope to see you there. Yeah. Also, thanks, chat, for telling me I'm doing a good job. <laughs> I'm trying my best. It's mm -hmm. going to be crazy because I'm doing everything on one screen. So that was a very like nervous thumbs oh, up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the most shook, the most shook thumb I've ever seen. Alrighty, but we also have my manga club, which is coming back this Wednesday, May twenty seventh. We are reading the first two volumes of Yakitate Japan. It's bread goodness, so uh, come join us. Oh, it's gonna boy. be uh, something ridiculous, I'm sure. <laughs> so recently, we actually finished all our impressions for the spring season, where we passed the the eight shows that we want to watch, but. You know, you guys, we value what you have to say. And we finish up the listeners poll for the what you guys want us to review. Um, so here are the results. In third place was Apare Ranman, which got delayed. Mm. But uh, I was on the fence about it. So I'm not I was, I was iffy about it. So I wouldn't have been bummed if it won. Second place was Princess Connect with 16% of the vote, which I don't believe any of us did an impression on. I didn't even know I've it existed. But no, I've been hearing like good things either. about it, so I might check it out regardless. But the yeah, overwhelming sure. winner, to no one's surprise, with essentially 50% yeah. of the votes, is Tower of God. And this was failed by Mitz, and you guys Ooh. are coming back to attack him for it. So, so that will be the ninth show that we will be reviewing from that season. So get excited, everyone who voted for that. 
You know, I was I was kind of hope because like I I tried Tower of God and I was like, yeah, I I have other things I want to watch, but I'm kind of glad that we're gonna watch it because everyone in the entire anime sphere on the internet is giving their opinions on Tower of God, and you know what? We should too. Do you so have opinions it. about it? You might. Um, <laughs> not once. You know, you ever hear the phrase, if you have nothing good to say, you don't nope. say anything at all? <laughs> True. I don't know. It feels like so, the yeah, Hunter I'll exams with a, with a, with a, an older Killua. <laughs> I'm having fun. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's definitely not the... It's, a, it's just... Episode one was not my cup of tea. So. Oh, that's, that's all you've it. seen is episode but, one? I mean... Yeah, yeah, episode one. So I don't have much to go off of, but I mean, I'm kind of glad it passed because I know our list, our listeners want us to watch it. My Brooklyn meetup want, is really enjoying it, and uh, so fuck it. I'm lo- I'm looking forward to getting yeah, my thoughts on it. Yeah, anime Twitter is all about it too. Oh yeah, Annie Twitter is all up all all up in that tower. <laughs> Alrighty, so later on in the show, we have a review of Smile down the down the runway, which was a listener. Uh, poll winner. So um, that one is from what season was that? Was that winter? W- winter. Yep. Winter season. And I, it, actually, nobody did a, an impression on it. So now you get to hear what we think about it. And we also have our topic today, which is what have we been watching? Spoiler: It's a lot. <laughs> Big topic. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything else you guys want to touch on before we go into big news? Um. No. Let's send it. Um. No, let's roll, roll it away. Right, let's, let's get it. It's time for big news of the week. Alrighty, so for big news of the week, this week is unfortunately a sad one, which is, um, oh man, I'm so sorry. I feel like I'm going to mispronounce his last name. Is it Zach Birchie? Uh, I read it as Zach Bertsky. Bertsky, I could also okay. be wrong. I could be Thank wrong. you. I was I was worried about that. I was like, man, I don't want to mispronounce it, but I'm not positive. Um, so Zach Bertsky, who is a journalist for Anime News Network, has passed away, unfortunately. Um, Zach passed away on May 21st, and he has been an employee for Anime News Network for over 20 years. Um, mm. uh, he joined Anne in 2005 as an executive editor and um he was our first full-time staff member and helped to shape Anne into what it is today um and just for a couple other things of what um his accomplishments uh he was the original creator of the answer man column uh the co-creator of vice and luna and also the creator of the seasonal preview guide and also the creator for Ancast, which is a very popular podcast in the anime community um yeah, yeah. So many fans have fans and also people in the industry have expressed expressed their condolences online since then. And um, if you are looking for a way to help show support, um, he did own two cats, Boston and Philadelphia, who he loved very much. And so they are accepting uh, are collecting contributions in his memory that would be made to the Glendale Humane Society. And um, I'm, this is taken from the uh, Anime News Network's memoriam post, but um, you could also donate to the Trevor Project, which helps to promote, uh, helps to support mental health services for the LGBTQ plus uh, youths. Um, I, unfortunately, I feel I like I was not very familiar 
with him on a personal level. I've never met him, but I do know him from his uh, articles that he wrote on Anne. And um, what I do know is that he was very supportive of uh, some great things in the anime community, feminism, and he was very supportive LGBTQ plus mm. um, topics in anime. And uh, yeah, this one has hit the anime community pretty hard. Yeah, you never, it's never, it's never, you know, something remotely comforting at all to hear a fellow anime fan, especially one with a voice, mm-hmm. um, like, you know, not be one with us anymore. So, shouts out to, to Zach. I hope you are resting in peace, my friend. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of good anime wherever you are, too. So, write up on those as well, my friend. Um, anything else? Are you ready for to go from let's give it a little bit of a positive boost? Yeah, let's, to the let's podcast. Do this, let's do, let's do yeah, I think we need that. Yeah. Okay. Um, welcome to Enzo Senpai's Notice Me Corner, where you guys can write in and tell me and my fellow co-hosts about something you're working on, something that you're proud of, and something you've or something you've accomplished so that we can shout you out live on air on Twitch and on the recording. Because like I say every week, and I never get tired of this, I love you. We love you. And that's that. This one comes in from Outlaw Mazinger, who is a very active uh, listener in the Discord. Um, and they say, Dear Super Senpai Squad, I recently reached my one-year anniversary living in Japan. I was extremely homesick shortly after arriving, but I pulled through. I've had an amazing time living here, teaching English, and exploring the country. Last December, I passed the JLPT and 5, and I plan to take the next level this year, uh, later this year. If any, other, if any other listeners are interested in teaching English in Japan, I suggest you listen to episode 316 of the Amiags Anonymous podcast. Mitsugi and Chiaki give a really good description of their experiences. It helped me a lot when I was researching my options. Um, for those uh, for listeners that don't know, Mitsugi and Chiaki uh, both taught in Japan, uh, in, taught English in Japan uh, back years ago now which is crazy to say anyway outlaw continues with i'd also like to give a quick shout out to the travel picks to the travel picks channel on the discord formerly known as the japan trip picks channel i wow throwback i started posting pictures of my adventures in japan a while back and now the channel has grown into a gallery of amazing photos from all over the world keep up the good work making everyone's anime addiction worse outlaw thank you so much man i um you have you have been very 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 active in the discord so i know i know your name like it's, it's a name that I, that I just recognize really easily so i appreciate your participation um congratulations on all of your successes in japan i know it it's people take if people don't realize how crazy it is on paper to just uproot your life here or from wherever you are to just move to a different country and make it work especially when teaching english it doesn't necess- it's not necessarily a job that makes you like roll in the money so i'm so happy that you have a good time a year in any place um after adopting after having to adapt a different way of life or culture is very impressive. So congratulations. Good luck on the next level of the JLPT. I haven't taken those myself. Mason, have you taken the JLPT? Yep. Yep. Yeah. We so, uh, we have a JLPT channel on the Discord, and him and too. I were talking about it when we got our results. 
Yeah, for sure. It's uh, his fault that he scared the crap out of me, actually, because of it. But that's oh, a story oh. for another day. <laughs> um, but yeah, so if you guys, if if any other listeners that are checking us out right now, if you guys want to write in with a similar um, submission, you can go to aapodcast.com. There's a button that says Mailbags and More. Once you click there, you'll get thrown to a drop down. Click Enzo Senpai's Notice Me Corner and then submit your message so that I know that it's for this segment. Um, and yeah, and I'll, I'll quickly plug the discord again. I, I, it's to me, it's a beautiful thing, um, that people mentioned our discord like this, um, especially in these times of COVID and the pandemic, because it, it, it's really, it's just comforting when I log into discord. I'm a, I, I'm a huge lurker. People kind of know on the discord that I may not write, but I'm always there. I'm always there reading people know. Um, I do the subtle react emotes on random messages, so <laughs> people know I'm Hit them with an emote every I, now I, and then. I, I hit people with emotes all the time on the Discord, but it, I the reason I like scrolling through is because I think it's incredible how people are just continuously making connections, and the the Travel Pics channel is actually really dope. People post cool pics in there all the time, so shout out to our community, man. I fucking love you guys. Well done. Yeah. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Uh, warning, I have a really bad storm outside, so if I get cut off, I apologize. <laughs> Bring the thunder. Bring I've been listening to it since we started. Like, oh, that sounds really bad. Uh, it looks like now we have uh, the Moe, the Moe, and the Moe. Oh, Is that yeah, what's maybe. on the, on maybe. the list? <laughs> oh, my God. And Mitz is absent, so I'm, I'm, I'm running the ship the way I want. Do it up. <laughs> All right, let's do this. Howdy, partner. I seen you riding in on that dusty trail. Welcome to the good, the bad, and the moe. So yeah, with with Mitt's not here, we're doing a Mason's version of the good, the bad, and the moe. So first, for the moe this week, Hideaki Anno celebrates his 60th birthday. Uh, the famed director and animator um, turned 60 on May 22nd. Um, there's a bunch of adorable Twitter photos of him, like, posing with a very fancy red headpiece and a custom Ultraman t-shirt. And he's doing all these, like, Ultraman poses, and he looks like a goofball. And allegedly, he, uh, he got some pictures taken, but he was posing with the wrong arm, so he demanded a retake. And, uh, I think that's just always a very Moe look to, like, request, uh thing back like that and fun fact which i learned um in eastern asian countries including japan the 60th birthday is a very special one it's known as a kanreki and essentially it's based off the the cycles of the chinese zodiac and essentially when you've gone through five cycles of that you are kind of like reborn back to your original state which is why men at that age and i believe women as well get a like red jacket or red t-shirt and the red hat of which he's wearing in these photos uh, the same that babies wear. So it's kind of it's kind of cute. It's kind of adorable. Shout out to Hideake for hopefully coming out with Evangelion sometime in the future, please. <laughs> uh, bonus shout out, who actually today, Shinichiro Watanabe just turned 55. So who knows, five years from now, hopefully you will get an adorable photo of him as well. Sodachi, the author of Gintama, also turned 41 today. Oh, dang. Whoa, what yeah. the dang. fuck? A lot of birthdays. <laughs> May, huh? May. Well, you just have to back calculate nine months. Is there a big holiday in Japan? Uh, Who knows? Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. for the uh, m- moving along for the moe this week, McDonald's <laughs> has a new ramen McShake mm-hmm. um, announced Wednesday, May twentieth, and for this ramen McShake, which probably 
tastes pretty good. Oh, I'm too You think so? I think it sounds yeah. like it like it tastes awful. <laughs> well, it, it, the thing the thing with McDonald's, anytime they put the Mac in front of something, it makes me doubt it. Hmm. Um, it's a milkshake. It's a milkshake. How can yeah. it be bad? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm with Mason though. I think the Ramen Milkshake. Oh, I hate the name, but it probably, <laughs> it probably tastes good. Well. Uh, to promote this new McShake, which I'm going to say just to make Enzo mad, they released mm-hmm. a 15 second animated ad uh, to promote it. And like all the McDonald's ads that have come out in the past, such as the uh, the series of like the girl like working for McDonald's or like the croquet burger where like the lady eats it like in the winter and it looked so nice and comforting. This looked refreshing and cool. And uh, mm. why, why are McDonald's animated ads so well done? Oh, yeah. Oh, they always look great. Like even when we They're went amazing. to Japan, we went to a McDonald's and they had like little anime pro like promotional images all over. I'm like, this looks better than a lot of anime that we've seen. <laughs> yeah, so well done. They got the dollars, man. Yeah, they got them big buckaroos. So buckaroos. it's bad because it makes me want to uh, eat at McDonald's. So <laughs> don't do it, people. That just not not if you're visiting. But uh, anyway, and finally for the moe this week. Um, a voice actor is making felt handcrafts of anime characters. Mm. Um, voice actor Kosuke Ueda started off by making a Hunter Hunter Gita Rocker face where he had like all these like needles like in his face just like the character and it looked amazing. It looks really good, yeah. <laughs> and after it went viral, he's like, oh yeah, I made a bunch more of these. Uh, so he posted a ton of photos including Zangief from Street Fighter, uh, the, the weird creepy nurse from Silent Hill, um, Suguru from Kinukuman. Uh, Shimonetta. A character, I, I think it's a character from Shimonetta. I've never seen the show, but it, it's gotta be from Shimonetta. It has like the underwear, yeah, like, it's mask a, over all the characters. Oh my god. I, I don't know who it is. I, please forgive me. And it finally, like uh, it, yeah. a badass gone from Hunter Hunter, which with like the, his like his big hair? boy form the with like hair? the real long hair yeah he's got it like hanging from a door and it's like oh, halfway down the fantastic. door <laughs> it's amazing so oh, that's great I links to all of this are in the uh the show notes if you want to check it out and uh yeah that was the moe the moe and the moe this week Dude, what a, these are these are very moe things to pick i'm i'm very impressed mason I love thank it. you thank you yeah. don't tell mitz everyone don't tell him yeah yeah guys <laughs> guys between chat Chat and listeners, this is this podcast is between us, okay? Listen, and honestly, like guys, Mitz edits the show, right? But he's not gonna listen to this. He ain't gonna listen to it. He's gonna gonna listen to the sound, not our words. He's gonna line up the beginning and line up the end and call it a fucking day. He don't know me very well, do he? (laughs) What happens in the podcast episode stays in the podcast episode. What happens in this episode? It doesn't matter, baby. Let's get it. Anyway, we got trivia for you guys. Okay, we got trivia. On our, on, our, on our website, aapodcast.com, we have a weekly trivia question down at the bottom. You can scroll there, give your answer, and we will let you guys know what the answer was on the next episode, like the next following Sunday on Twitch or on the next release of the podcast in its serialized form. Um, the answer for last week's question was initial D. This week's winner is Zero Yoko 1974. The current theme of these questions is Mitsugi's lesser known favorites. So if you want to take a shot at these questions and get a shout out on the on the episodes, if you get it right, go to the website after this episode, scroll all the way down and let us know what you think of the answer is. 
But aside from the website trivia, we have an in-show one as well, Masong. What's the question? We do. We do. I do want to say really quick, the uh, the website trivia, anyone can get it. I think anyone could get it right okay. now. So if you're like, man, I want that shout out, now's your chance. Go to the website and check it out. But yes, the in-show trivia question for no prize at all. Um, you have until the end of the news break to answer it. It is, and smile down the runway. What is the name of the agency that Chayuki wants to represent, and what does that agency's name translate to? Ponder it. We let you know. We'll let you know, though. See you soon. See you soon. Everybody, this is Mitsugi, and it's time for an anime news break. Lead, leading us off with, of course, our COVID roundup. We have lots of delays here for you. Zoids Wild Zero anime has been delayed due to COVID. My Setsu anime is delayed. Warlords of Sig Sigrifa is delayed due to COVID. Haiku to the Top anime's second half is delayed. New Higurashi anime, which is uh, which was going to be coming out pretty soon, that is delayed as well. And let's see what else it looks like. Um, that's pretty much it for the most part. So shorter list this week, but still some pretty prolific and important titles affected by the illness. Next up, the new Fate Collide Liner Prisma Ilia anime film has been announced by the animation production company um, Katakawa on Tuesday. It looks like. The first installment in an alternate retelling spinoff ran in Comp Ace back in September of 2007, and there was a second manga that ran in the same magazine between April of 2009 and March of 2012, but there has been another film announced for Fate Collide Liner Prisma Ilia. So if you're a fan of that property, look out for that. It doesn't seem like there is a date available yet for the film's release, but look forward to that and check the news for updates. Next up, Domestic Nakano Joe, or Domestic Girlfriend's Manga, ends in just three chapters. The 25th issue of Weekly Shonen Magazine announced this this past Wednesday. It's going to the 28th issue will be published in the final chapter on June 10th. Natsuo Fuji is in love with his teacher, Hina. Attempting to forget his feelings towards her, Natsuo goes to a mixer with his classmates where he meets an odd girl named Rui Tachibana. In a strange turn of events, Rui asks Natsuo to sneak out with her and do her a favor. To her surprise, their destination is Dewey's house, and her request is for him to have sex with her. So we we reviewed this on the podcast already. If you're a fan of the manga, enjoy it while it lasts. You've got about a month left. It will be ending on June 10th. And rounding up the news for this first news break, Japan's box office is down a staggering, and not that surprising, 96.3% from last year's April. So box office performance, pretty poor overall and uh, in the United States at least pretty much every movie theater is closed so I can only imagine that the revenue is probably a similar drop so to speak. Prime Minister Abe officially confirmed the lifting of the state of emergency in 39 prefectures last Thursday so this includes major prefectures such as Tokyo, Osaka, Kyoto, Chiba, Saitama, etc. So maybe we'll see movie theater revenue rise in Japan pretty soon. This was Mitsugi and this was your anime news break and now time to get back to the podcast.
Anime Addicts, let me tell you something. JList and JBox.com, it's one of the greatest sources online for anime figures, whether you're looking for Figma figures, action figures, Nendoroids, whether you want to get something from an anime series, a movie, maybe it's a video game, or, or maybe it's a pop culture TV show or whatnot. JList, JList and JBox.com have an unbelievably massive, just a massive selection of figures. Some of your anime favorites, like figures from Love Live. They have Kill a Kill classics like Satsuki Kiryuin and her armor. Figures from Strike Witches, Kantai Collection, all sorts of Evangelion, Dead or Alive, Darling in the Franks, Attack on Titan. They just have endless figures here. Looking right here at a sweet Samus Aran figure from Metroid Prime 3. They got Haikyuu. They have everything. Head over to JListJBox.com right now, and you can find pretty much anything you want. A massive selection of anime figures and, and game figures. You will find something from your favorite series, I promise you. Head over to JList or JBox.com right now and browse their massive selection of anime figures. Hey, this is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto Uzumaki, and I am an anime addict. Use your Rasengan! That's a good ass song from a really bad it's, anime. It's <laughs> it's ridiculous, dude. So before we went on break, we had the question in Smile Down the Runway, what is the name of the agency Chiyuki wants to represent and what does the agency's name translate to? The answer is Mile Nij? Nij? Niji? How do you I, pronounce uh, it? I purposely wrote this question <laughs> knowing me? that I wouldn't have to pronounce it. <laughs> Thanks. I think I think it's Mil Nij. <laughs> I feel like that's my best guess. Million I don't know okay. Sure. And uh, is a French translation of Chiyuki's name of Thousand Snows. And I know for a fact that we have listeners from France, so I apologize. <laughs> you can yell at me later. <laughs> <laughs> in French. No, please don't yell at me in French. I'll feel bad. <laughs> you can politely talk to me in French. <laughs> Alrighty, so up next we have my manga minute. Let's take a minute for the Manga Minute with Mandy. This is Mandy's Manga Minute, where I take a minute to tell you about a manga and help you find something new to read. And this one is called Hell's Paradise. Gabi Maru, the Hollow, is one of the most vicious assassins ever to come out of the ninja village of Iwagakure. 
Uh, he's ruthless, ruthlessly efficient, but a uh, betrayal results in him being handed a death sentence. He has only one hope now. In order to earn his freedom, he must travel to a long-hidden island and recover an elixir that will make the Shogun immortal. Failure is not an option. On this island, heaven and hell are just a hair's breadth away. So, Hell's Paradise is an action shonen, and uh, it was written and illustrated by Yuji Kaku. It is still currently publishing, with two volumes available in English, both digitally and in print. Um, our character, Gabimaru, has a history of being a deadly assassin in the Tokugawa era. Um, on top of that, he also seems to be immortal himself. Uh, bl blades can't pierce him, and when they attempt to uh, execute him by doing like the ox thing, where they use ropes to use oxes to pull people apart it fails like all the oxes just fall down <laughs> because he's too strong but uh he's given a chance to walk free from his crimes if he can travel to this remote island and bring back an elixir of immortality to the shogun um but he's not the only one on this adventure there are other dangerous criminals that are teaming up with executioners being sent to this island um so gabimaru wants to abandon this bloody life that he lives and see his wife one more time so he teams up with the executioner sagi uh, the main draw of Hell's Paradise is definitely the edgy violence in action. Uh, the first volume has laid the groundwork for a like a battle royale series and um, with like teams of criminals that are like teaming up with their executioners to try and get this elixir first. Uh, the artwork does have some scenes with a lot of detail in it, but sometimes it gets really messy and some of the action scenes for me were really, like it was really difficult for me to tell what was going on sometimes. It's not always clear. Um, right. I think I would recommend it to fans of Dead Man Wonderland. I think that there's some crossover there, um, or maybe to people who are looking for like a shonen version of uh, Blade of the Immortal, because it has some of the same kind of themes in there. It's like immortality, edgy violence, but it's not quite as mature, I would say, as Blade of the Immortal. Yeah. Ready for some arguments? Yeah. <laughs> ready to argue your heart <laughs> out. Mason's always ready. <laughs> I am. That's my own tells no lies. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to rumble! Welcome to another episode of Anime Arguments, the only show where we argue, argue? about... We do that every show. What, uh -huh. are we, what am I talking we, about? We, but it's just a segment where we allow you to argue with us. And you can do so by going to our website, aapodcast.com, go to the mailbag section and choose Anime Arguments to submit your hot take, unpopular opinion, or whatever you just want to get off your chest. The argument today comes from Cream Puff, and they write... The age or time in which you first see a show can greatly affect how good you think that show is compared to how it was originally perceived by the greater audience. A good example is Inuyasha. It was pretty popular when it came out, but if we tried to go back and watch it now, it would hit differently. Uh, which is very fitting that you wrote this back in April because of the whole Inuyasha sequel remake, mm -hmm. not, not remake, side story thing coming out. So that's maybe you're psychic. Um... I, I, I don't think any of us would disagree with this. I think, you know, w when you watch a show, it's very much how you feel about the show in that moment. And if you watch it at a different time or in a different age under slightly different circumstances, you could have vastly different oh, experiences. Oh, for sure, yes. Yeah. Big time. I mean, for example, just last week, we 
reviewed the show Somali, and I watched that show as the weather started getting really good. My windows were open. There was like a nice spring breeze. Like I was just in a really happy like place, and that definitely is part of what I enjoyed that show. If it was raining and disgusting out, or I was feeling sick or under the weather, that would absolutely have impacted my thing. But going beyond just those moments, like just in time and era, as things move, shows. For example, uh, like uh, Spaceship Battle, or Spaceship, ba- I can't Space even talk, Yamato series, thank you, <laughs> or the uh, Yama- or Tetsujin 28, like those are classic series that are influential, but because they've been kind of relegated to history and so many shows have been built off that formula, they've kind of become less impressive over time, and yeah, if you were watching that when it first came out, it'd be mind-blowing and game-changing, whereas in the 2010s, it's like, eh, I've seen it before. Well, it was the originator of that stuff, but it loses a little bit of that impressiveness. I think visual styles are definitely something that changes. People will say, oh, I love the look of the 80s. I love the look of the 90s. And you can definitely have an aesthetic that you enjoy based on like when you got into the industry. Though I will say that like true artistry, like independent of art styles, will always remain. And like well-done shots will remain that way. Um On the other side of the things, I think classics like Bebop or Ghost in the Shell or Serial Experiments Lane are older shows almost become more impressive because there have been no show that captures what they were able to do to this day. And it kind of makes them stand out for what they've accomplished. So like standing the test of time and being individual kind of helps that. And I think some shows, if you watch it now, you're kind of mixed on it. But if you were watching it week to week and taking part in like online discussion like Haruhi Suzumiya or like Kill a Kill Mm -hmm. like that weekly discourse and like hype around the show kind of helped make that show better than what it was yeah so so all those things have important things I think there are some shows where you absolutely need to be in a certain mood and mindset to watch it um shows like book Bakemonogatari or Fuli Kuli or Hoseki no Kuni or Mushishi like those are phenomenal shows but if you're not in the mood for that type of show it might not jive with what your flavor is whereas some shows no matter what you're in the mood for like Ping Pong or Jojo or Sangatsu no Lion it makes you in the mood for that show like I, I could be not excited for a Jojo episode but as soon as I start it up I'm like no no I'm excited for this I'm happy so you know, there's so many things that go into it that, I mean, just watching a show a month later than you originally did could completely change your opinion of it. And that's why scores, I think, can shift and be fluid and they're never set in stone. They're very impermanent things. And uh, that's why rewatching shows is always a fun time. Yeah. You guys have any thoughts? No, I, I Mandy, you, you got something in concrete. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I saw I, I saw you gasp and I was like, okay. Oh, no, I, I was, was just a... about to talk and then I stopped myself. <laughs> okay, you, you can go first if you want. Um, Yeah, no, I, I agree. But I also think that sometimes there are shows that you see when you're younger and they like stay on the test of time as well. Like even if um, I'm trying to think of an example, but um, no, I think uh, definitely how you saw them as a child might like change your like still like not really change your perception of them as an adult because you might get thoughts about that show when you were younger for example like um there's a lot of nostalgia in there so um 
like maybe if you came into it fresh, like like what I'm trying to say is I don't think that um, just because you're older, yet your opinions are going to change, if that makes sense. Like, I, I think you could still like respart, like rekindle those emotions or those thoughts that you had as a child or younger mm. when you watched it. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely agree that uh, how when what was going on in your life definitely changes your perception of a show. Like, for example, and I get a lot of I get a lot of hate for this. <laughs> Not hate. I would say I always get somebody who has to, who is backlash. Uh, yeah, who black backlashes against me is um, I don't like um, your lie in April. It, and I think a I big reason. Like in April. <laughs> I think yeah. a big reason for that is because the time that I watched it, I was not doing well at all, and uh, that show touched on a lot of things that I was like having thoughts about and then it just made me feel worse a lot worse to the point where i was like i hate the show <laughs> but yeah. uh but yeah no i can i can see that it's it, it does have like it's beautiful both visually and um has really nice music in it so i definitely see the appeal of it for why people would fall in love with it it's just for me personally i just it left such a sour taste in my mouth because i was just in, not in a good place to watch it and that may have changed if i watched it later like after I had those events going on in my life, but I don't know. Yeah. No, Spoiler, uh, not really. Go ahead. It's not really. I didn't say anything. <laughs> I, um, I, I know, I'm with Mandy. I'll, uh, I, I want to give an example to Mandy's like first point where like you can rekindle the feelings you had at first. And I will go to my go-to example, which is like Beck, right? Like I watched Beck when I was 14 and a Koyuki in the show, I believe is like 13, 14 when the show starts. And I was immediately put, I immediately like without even realizing I put myself in his shoes and lived that anime with him. So, and, and, you know, obviously I'm not 14 anymore. I'm 27. So when I, and I've rewatched Beck maybe like once every other year since 14, because because I, the more I watch it, I've rewatched Beck a bajillion times, but I always say when I talk about Beck, I'm like, I understand that this show is not perfect. It's not like objectively perfectly well made or anything like that, but I am able to, when I, when I hit play on it, I am able to just like turn a blind eye to the, to the things, especially now being a, a anime podcast host, I can very easily point out things like, Oh fuck, that sucked. That sucked. That wasn't well done. That could have been way better writing, but I turn a blind eye to that because I dig deep to the emotions I felt as um, when I was 14 and being inspired by by Beck so yeah um, I mean for that one example where you can rekindle those feelings I'm with Mason and Andy too where like a lot of shit in your life can definitely change which changes you as a person which in turn changes what you like what you dislike so yeah time time is a crazy thing and as you change so many things about you change as well not just internally but externally and it affects everything you do, not even just what anime you like, right? So, so yeah, it's it, it's an interesting question. I think only few anime can really just be so objectively great that even if you change as a person, you still feel the same way about them. But for me, the more I change, the more my likes change, the more I, I have to be like, oh, I see why I liked this when I was younger, but I don't like it that much now, or yeah. vice versa, whatever. Mm-hmm. Alrighty, yeah. so we're just just gonna do one today. So yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah. So up next we have our what have we been watching? 
It is a lot. This is where... What haven't we been watching? Exactly. That's the question of the day. So this is where we do this about... Try to do it once a month where uh, we just talk about other anime that we have been watching that are not part of the podcast. They're not part of seasonals. They're not part of our reviews because we still have anime addictions and we need to we need to discuss them oh yeah, yeah. we do so mason has a laundry list of a lot of yeah, things mason, guys okay for the for the for the, for the listeners that get the show notes like let this let this one be a really good example as the differences between the hosts mandy and mason have lists plural and i have a blank because i have like three to contribute to this one of mine probably has the same amount of episodes that mason watched Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. Yeah, Mason literally probably. wrote that a fucking list and a half. Holy shit! That's okay. Would you like to start with some of yours and then we can just get yeah? A list? I, I figured I'll I'll go quick. So I made my version of the good, the bad, and the meh, as I like to call it. Um, what what category do we want to start with first? Hit, hit me hit me with a meh. I'll, I'll hit you with a couple mehs. Yeah, so me these were the mehs. Uh, all the shows that I thought were okay, they had some potential, but in the end, I wouldn't strongly recommend them unless they sound right up your alley. Um, and a lot of these shows, I don't put a lot of shows on my like plan to watch queue. I kind of let other people suggest. So if you have suggestions on a series I should watch, hit me up on Discord. Uh, if not, I have to go to people's lists on like any list or my anime list, and I just like creep their scores and anything that they rate highly that I've never seen before. I just add it and watch it and we see what happens. So here are some mehs. Um, Gotchaman Crowds. Meh. You can find that on Crunchyroll High Dive Hulu. Um, done by the same director who did the Mononoke series. I know, that's why I've always stuff. wanted to watch this. It's been on my I list. I was super excited for it. It was an alright show. It had some cool concepts, but uh, nah. Mm. Um, next, Homes of Kyoto. You can find that on Crunchyroll. I know Mandy's talked about it before. It's just an all right show. I don't think you even finished it. No, I did. I was an curious about on it. it. And that was it. And uh, yeah, and, uh, it wasn't a great detective thing, but it was calming and it was nice right before bed. So yeah, it, it's more, it's right in between Matt and bad. Um, something that's between Matt and good is Sabagebu. This was recommended. I don't remember who on Bread Squad it was or if it was Matoko. You can find it on Crunchy, High Dive, or Hulu. Um, this was a really goofy like club show of a like five girls in a survival club. So they run around with like BB guns shooting each other and getting into <laughs> hijinks. It has the best announcer in all of anime. Very meta, very funny. I enjoyed it, but it's definitely not for everyone. And uh, the the final show of my first half of my meh list is going to be all of Psyche K. What? Um, that was a meh? I love Psyche I, K. So, I watched uh, this essentially a lot of people start with Gintama. When they finish Gintama, they are like, ooh, where can I go next to scratch that itch? And Psyche is usually the next option. Um, I watched Psyche season one uh, a while ago and really enjoyed it. Yeah. I watched Psyche season two and it was even better. I loved season two. It was very funny. Um, highly recommend. Then I watched like the six episode OVA and like the concluding movie that kind of went with it. And that those like eight episodes of Psyche were abysmal. They were horrendous. Oh, no. And it was so strange that like it was very much done by the same people and the same like capacity with the same formula. But something about those episodes didn't work. So watch Psyche season one, watch Psyche season two. And stop there because I did not jive with the last. So mm. average it out. It's a meh. 
if you like psyche you know who you are though i love so. the first season i think i watched two seasons i can't remember but i really enjoyed it so i'm sad to hear that yeah yeah so someone else can uh, go for a bit okay i can uh, talk about oh go ahead go ahead no no go ahead go ahead because because uh, yeah because I, I don't got many to say so. we gotta save your gems and yeah, so we yeah, gotta yeah, save yeah, them yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a couple that I can fly through because um, they don't really have much to say about them. Uh, the last one I'll, I'll, I'll save for last. <laughs> but the first one that I watched was a Sketchbook Full Colors, which was on Crunchyroll. And this one is like a um, a slice of life kind of Iyashike, I'd say, kind of show. Uh, it is um, a four coma manga adapted by How Filmmaker and... Man, I really have like nothing to say about this <laughs> because it's like it it feels like a less funny Azumanga Dayo. Like hmm. I don't know. It was like I was and this one is about a group um a a group of girls in 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 an art class, but most of it isn't about actually art or drawing or anything. They just end up in other kind of like little um, activities and they're in like their like friendship and outside of school and they do sketch occasionally, but there's nothing like in here like, oh, I'm going to watch. I can't wait to get that, um, like to watch girls drawing to spark up my creativity. Right? And there's nothing like that in there. But um, yeah, I don't know. It feels more like a like. It's supposed to be a comedy, but there wasn't much in there that I found funny. That at least maybe it just didn't hit me in the right spot. There were a lot of cats, just like in Azumaka <laughs> But no, um, and I haven't seen the other sketchbook show. Is it Hitamari sketch? Hitamari sketch? Yeah, I haven't I was, seen yeah, that. I was stunned you haven't seen that. No. And I think it's very much the same thing. It's As girls that, yeah. in a art school, which is very little about the art. And it's more of just these girls being cute marshmallows yeah. it's a chef yeah. show mm-hmm. it really didn't jive with my style of comedy Same. but I, you, you should check it out if you haven't seen it okay yeah no this one i didn't really jive with and i think it's just going to depend on the person what kind of yashike they like because i've heard a lot of people mm-hmm. also say that about flying witch but i loved flying witch that would hit mm-hmm. me at a good spot but so i think it's going to strongly depend on what kind of yashike you like um there were a couple moments in there that made me giggle like there is a there is a scene where the girls are playing rock paper scissors crawfish <laughs> and they're like classic, rock classic. paper scissors and they like both throw out these crawfish and one's like i win because i have a lobster and it made that made me laugh what? and then someone said I, someone had double crawfish <laughs> That made me laugh. There's an episode that's all about the cat. Like, there's a cat in there, and he's like, there's an entire episode of him just wandering around, and uh, he meets this giant cat named Kuma, and he's like the big boss cat. He's looking for a home. He's like really ugly. <laughs> no, it's 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 okay. I was mostly bored through it, but um, if you really love Iyashike, you could probably check that one out. It's like only I think it was only eleven episodes. I think it was very short. But um, yeah, I don't have a strong recommendation for that one. Uh, another one that I watched called One Outs was ridiculous. One outs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. One Outs is unfortunately not streaming anywhere legally, but it was adapted. It was a manga adapted by Madhouse. It's 25 episodes. The manga is by the same mangaka of Liar Game. I think his name is Shinobu Kaitana. I think or Katini. I don't know how you, spe- how you pronounce Martini. that last name. 
Kaitani, something like that. <laughs> but uh, this one was very ridiculous and silly, <laughs> like just like a liar game. Like I always hear liar game compared to like Kakegurui, where it's like a kind of betting um, game about liars. I haven't read it, but I've heard really great things about the manga. And um, this is by the same person. And this is sort of like that, where it's a seinen, uh, I could say, quote unquote, baseball. <laughs> Because it's mostly about like gambling in the baseball world, but uh, it gets really ridiculous and silly. They break rules all the time, but the main character was cracking me up throughout this whole thing. Like it gets really silly, <laughs> where it's just like a constant, um, like because he he enters this deal with professional baseball where um, every time he gets someone out, he earns more money. I can't remember how much it was. It's like millions. It's- yeah, it's a one million yen. Yeah, every every out that he gets. But if he gives up runs or if they lose a game, then he loses money. So that's like what is depending or dictating how much money he makes at the end of the season, like his mm-hmm. payroll. And uh, so he it, it's, it's so ridiculous because everyone's against him. Even the owner of the team is against him because he doesn't want to pay him. He just want he's, I guess, like annoyed with him and he wants to. Uh, I guess embarrass him, but this guy is so smart that it just becomes like a mind game throughout the whole thing. It's so it gets really silly, <laughs> but I was laughing and so like if you're into this, like I really want like a serious baseball game. This isn't for you, but if you just mm. want a ridiculously silly like uh, mind game show, I would say check this out because I was laughing throughout the whole thing. I, I want to clarify. It's not a silly show in that the characters are goofballs and are doing oh, yeah. no, 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 silly no. things. It's a hyper serious show. Yes, yes. But the situations are so outrageously dumb They're that you like, can't help but laugh fuck? at like yeah. what weird like tunnel these people have found themselves in. Yeah, like <laughs> like bugging the dugout to see like try and figure out what everyone's calls are. It was so silly. <laughs> Like, but it takes itself so seriously, and I think that's why I was laughing the whole way through. Yeah, yeah, you love you love to see that. You love to see that. Oh, you know I do. That's like one of my favorite types of comedies. But um, and then the last one that um, I want to just touch on shortly uh, before I get to my long ass one, which I'll do later, is uh, Bamboo Blade, which was it's mm. it's on Funimation. And this one was a manga adapted by, ooh, I don't know how to say this. I think it's AIC Asta. I think that's what they're called. They haven't done much. They've only done like persona adaptations and a few other things. But um, yeah, I watched this one dubbed. And I thought the dub was pretty decent. And uh, this one is more of a comedy about a girl's kendo team. And the owner of the team or the... um, like high school team and the coach he's kind of a dirtbag he's he's very poor and he's very lazy but at the very beginning of the show he's um you know struggling financially and his friend while they're out uh drinking his friend is like i how about setting up a bet if your girl's team kendo team can beat mine in a tournament then i'll buy you sushi for i think it was like the next couple years or something yeah (laughs) Yeah. It's like, I'll buy you free sushi. And of course, this guy is like, you are on, sir. I want that free sushi. So then now, now the rest of the anime is about him building this team back up and uh, recruiting new members who are actually good at kendo because the only people that they have don't really take it seriously. And so uh, it's about him 
recruiting these new girls to the team and uh, trying to win in a tournament. Um, this one was all right. I think um, if you want like a serious sports show, this is definitely not for you. This isn't like, like they do have some little trivia tidbits in there about Kendo. I was like, oh, that was interesting. But it's more about the characters and anything else. This isn't like, about a series like Kendo tournament or anything. Um, I think Tamaki, who is the main character and the focus of the show, was cute and adorable and I loved her. <laughs> She's like, um, and I think her stories were interesting where, um, she's kind of like this kendo prodigy who almost never seems like to be able to be defeated at all. And, uh, it's about her learning like how, like how to take losing and learning how to make friends and, um, maybe lighten up a little bit because she's, um, a bit high strung about kendo. And, uh, I don't know. There are some other interesting characters in there. There were also some that didn't get any development whatsoever and they're kind of static throughout the whole thing. <laughs> But I don't know it was all right. It was decent. Um, yeah, it, I think because I went in with such low expectations, I went into it expecting it to be an etchy comedy because it had such a low score. But it actually surprised me. It wasn't as bad as I was expecting. So maybe that's why I liked it so much. <laughs> but yeah, those are mine. Uh, so I also have been watching a baseball one, and this one has been going on for fucking forever. It's um, Diamond No Ace or Ace of Diamond that you can watch on Crunchy. And it's, and I, I, you know, I don't even know why I've been so loyal to this anime for so long. Like I, this is an anime that I, it's, it has three seasons in general. It's, it's the first season and then the second season got split in half. So it's like technically two, but it's really three seasons. Um, and like it, it's a, it's a baseball show about this pitcher with a lot of potential, A.G. Ajun. Sawamura. Sawamura is how people mostly call him. And he is a lefty. He's a south he's a southpaw pitcher. And he gets scouted by a really great high school to play um because of his potential. And but however he struggles with you know living up to his potential every single game. So it's it's a long struggle of him. It's it's a long series about him coming you know, to this, to Sato High School, to learn the game better, to grow up, to mature, to gain the skills, to be the ace of the team that he's always wanted to be, um, through the pit, through the pitching mound. And, you know, this, and this, this anime, the reason I love it so much is because against my will, and the reason I love it against my will is because the baseball in this show is not action packed, cool baseball to look at. What you're, what you're here for the, what you, what you stay for in Ace of, in Ace of Diamond, um, is the, the, the intertwining storylines of development within the characters of the main Sato High School baseball team, and also the baseball team rivals in the others, in the other teams. So, what, what this anime has, for example, similarly to Haikyuu, is that you spend a lot of time with the, um, with the opposing rival high school baseball teams, um, and you and you know you, they won't they won't make you care about every single person on the rival high school teams, but they'll, they'll make you care about like two, three, four of like their key players, and they'll give you the, they'll spend like two whole episodes in a row um, on like the storylines of the opposing high school team, and and and, and, and it executes well to the point um to this it, it does it does it well enough where like when these teams either win or lose like you are happy or sad for them even even if they lose even if they lose to Sato you're just like damn but I kind of wanted like Ryuji to win like that would have been dope 
Um, so yeah, so what makes what what makes what kept me for this show for the, for years now, like maybe the last four years, three years of my life, just like you know, watching this show whenever it came out and came back for new seasons, is because they do such a good job of getting you hyped and believing in this team. Like you want this team to win so so fucking bad because the characters on this team all have this like crazy almost comical level of like serious determination to fucking win and not even just and and to win but also to become the better versions of themselves so it's a show of constant personal growth it's a show of constant failure and learning from failure um and it was going in a really 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 for me it was always in an upswing on Till this latest season, this latest crop of like, um, oh my god, I don't even know how many. I think this last season was like thirty episodes or so, or maybe fifty episodes. I forget, but it is. I think the where the show's biggest weakness is again the baseball aspect, like the actual in-game baseball action. I think it's coming to full fruition being a problem because, um they are running out of ways to present baseball teams as an adversary to them. And what I mean by that is like, you can only do the whole like, holy shit, that pitcher has a crazy pitch that we've never seen before. Like so many times, or you can only do like, yo, like their first, like their first four batters are like the the top four batters in the country. Like what are we going to do about them? Oh, Samuro, you can't have a bad game today because they're the top four batters. There's a lot of pressure. So like they're running out of like these different, like, like writing mechanics to make each game have stakes. And what, or what it seems like the writers have like, um, started doing is making us spend even more time with the enemy teams. And, and usually, as as you guys have just heard, I was like praising that aspect of the show, but now it's not a good time to have been doing this because Sawamura finally achieves a really good level of play. Um, the team he he wins all the team's respect. He wins the coach's respect, and I want to see my fucking boy pitch. Like I want to see him fucking play. I want to see him on the field playing. And but they, but we have spent so much time on like on like the enemy team. I keep saying enemy on like the rival teams, and if not with the rival teams, and we are spending so much time on like the first years of the team, which is which is cool because they're new characters and they bring different flares to the show. Um, but like I don't know, it's I guess the writing of the show has plateaued for me, and it, 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 it's plateaued for like fifteen episodes straight now. So I, I, I'm starting to get kind of bored. However, when the hype moments are hype, I am still finding myself being like, I still find myself cheering for the boys when they do good shit. So yeah, so Ace of Diamond, I, again, something about the show is just an easy watch. It's not high brain power. Like it's just, you sit there, like I come home from like tired from work. I'm like, oh shit, I haven't watched Ace of Diamond in the last like five weeks let me go binge all five now because it takes no effort to do so like um i i'm far enough in the show where i'm invested in every character like uh, so it's not like i know what i'm getting when i when i watch it so it's 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 a solid watch i think i mean like i would recommend this to any sports anime fan to any baseball fan to any fan of like character growth it's a solid show just don't expect like 
Haikyuu levels of volleyball action because Haikyuu again is like the it is it's to me a premier sport anime where like you care about the characters personal growth intertwining stories you care about the rival schools and the volleyball action is fucking lit so it it's just missing that key component but it's a good fucking show Ace of Diamond is a solid unwavering wholesome feel good generating machine so Ace of Diamond I I wish it could be better but. I will always throw it on if they give me more. I think COVID has suspended the show for a while, unfortunately. Or, I didn't know it was still airing. That's crazy. Yeah, it, it was still airing. I mean, episode 50 or 51 that I just actually watched today um, is capping it. And I think I think it was either COVID or they caught up to the manga finally. So I think, that, I think the manga has to get written some more. But yeah, it's still going. Like the story's not done. Not even close. It's on my list. So, yeah. I didn't know. I thought for yeah. I thought it like had hundreds of episodes. Oh, I mean, I don't know the number off the top of my head, but it's definitely in. I think it's nearing a hundred because the first season is a solid like a lot, and the second season is at least like fifty something episodes. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I just don't know. I don't know the number off the top of my head, but yeah, it's a diamond, man. Weird. It's just a show that. Even in, even in my busy times of life where I took the hiatus off the podcast, I still, for some reason, like threw an episode one or two on of Ace of My Diamond. gosh, yeah. Uh, season yeah. one has 75. Season two has 52. Yep. That's a lot more than I thought. <laughs> yeah, and, I've, and I, for whatever reason, have seen every single one. <laughs> yeah. I need to check that out. Yeah. Good time kill. Good time kill. I don't know if Enzo really sold me on it. We'll no, it's, see. It's, we'll see. it's just not, it's just nothing. You're not going to like it, Mason. I know that for sure. Good to know. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in the essence of time, I will cut out some of my list, but I did have one more meh show I wanted to highlight, which <laughs> is Loop on the Third, Walther Whoa. 38, The Island of Assassins. What so this is a Loop on movie from the 90s, I believe. And I feel like when everyone talks Loop on movies, they talk about the classic uh, Castle of Cagliostro, the one directed by Miyazaki. Or they talk about part four, part five, or the Takeshi Miike, or Takeshi Koike, sorry. Takeshi Miike, like really edgy new ones. I want it. Or Fujiko Mine. But this one was pretty good. It was very dark and definitely had a very different aesthetic. It had the Phantom Troop from Hunter Hunter in it. And Lupin is just on were an there, island were there with any, all these Were there really... any clown butts? Any clown butts? Ooh, no. no but clown there was butts. an okay. abundance of spider tattoos. Oh, okay. And, uh... Yeah, and the gang around this <laughs> island, and it was okay. It was pretty cool. Very stylistically worth checking out. Um, just, you know, for two hours, I was finding myself a little distracted by the end. But if you're a fan of Lupin, don't uh, sleep on this movie. Um, I guess we'll go to the, the bad list next, so we can save the best for last. Um, these are shows that I just really did not jive with in the slightest, so... Instead of being negative, I'll just go through them quickly. Uh, Ichigo Marshmallow. This was kind of recommended by Obi-Wan Ivan. You can find it on High Dive. I've heard good things about this show for years, and it just was not my style of comedy. It was very just a lot of underage girls just kind of being annoying and grating, and uh, I just didn't dig it. Um, next was A Lull in the Sea, recommended by Brody, and you can watch this over on Crunchyroll. And uh, it looks really solid. Um, all the characters are crazy annoying. I went into this, everyone had rated it very highly, and I was expecting solid to great things from it, and I was, every episode, I was like, 
can I drop it now? Can I drop it now? And I was like, no, people like this show. There has to be something. It's got to get good eventually. Mason, is that the, I, is that the anime with like the the people of the land and the people of the sea? Yep. Oh my yep. god. Yeah. So I got baited into that show too because the, <laughs> baited like the fish yeah, that like the they fish. Are. Yeah. Like I I didn't I never finished it, but I got baited by the animation because I think that the I think the artwork is beautiful. Oh, it looks amazing. The artwork is beautiful. It looks so good. The eyes alone are fucking wild to look at. So I got baited. And I watched like three episodes of it, and I was like, "What the fuck?" And I, and well, I, yeah. yeah. Damn. A big sad. I, I can see why people like it. I just I did not dig it in the slightest. Yeah. Um, next up was a show called Antique Bakery. You know, we were wa- or, or, we're reading Yakitake Japan for Manga Club, and there was all this bakery talk in the Discord channel. <laughs> people were throwing out recipes. I was like, oh yeah, oh yeah, I'm in the bakery mood. And the show is about a bakery. And I was like, yeah, I'll give it a shot. It's from Noitamina. I'll watch mm. any Noitamina show. So any I. moment. I, oh. I love that program. Um, so this show is about a, a man who was, as a child, kidnapped and forced to eat cake. What? And opens up a <laughs> bakery to up? catch it. To catch his tormentor. At least that's what like the setup is. The um, it's very much not about that. It's a it's a shonen eye show and it does not shy away from it, which is not a good or bad thing, but it's just a prevalent part of it. Um, it there's a lot of these weird like boom arm sweeping shots, which I kind of liked. But um, at the end of the day, the show was not great. It was a worse version of like Rokuhodo, Yotsuro, Biori, mm-hmm. a very relaxing like cafe show. Uh, Restaurante Paradiso is another one I would liken it to aesthetically, but not as solid. There's actually a Korean live action movie of this called Antique, which is probably a better way of consuming this. But um, I don't know. It just, uh, I, it doesn't have enough there to justify mm-hmm. watching it when there's so much other good stuff out there. Um, next one is a movie, a very hipster, weird. Oh, that's definitely a Mason kind of movie. It's called Tamala 2010, a punk cat in space. It's a very like experimental, all black and white Astro Boy, Betty Boop, but modern style done by like two people. It's very out there and it's impressive conceptually, but the result is just not a pleasant experience to watch. So I don't recommend it. And on the other end of that, in the bad category, and probably the biggest disappointment of what I watched recently was Promare, the new Studio Trigger movie. Yeah. It was just nothing but fluff, and I just could not... Similar to uh, Alone in the Sea, there was a ton of hype around it. I love Studio Trigger stuff for the most part, and it just consistently failed to deliver anything interesting, and I... uh, I really you know, did not enjoy it. You know, Mason, to go back to the anime argument section, I have seen Promare twice. Once in theater okay. and once out of theater. In the theater, I walked out of the theater more on the side of like, oh, that was pretty solid, Trigger. That was pretty good. And I and when I look and then when I watched it the second time, I was like, mm, I am like like sixty forty and sixty being like disliking the movie, and it's it's interesting because when I was in the theater, there was this beautiful hype energy around Promare, and like I was so I, can I was I can swept imagine. up by that energy. I even tweeted being like, "Yo, Promare is fucking dope," blah 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 blah. And then when I watched it the second time a couple of months later, 
it's it's just as you said Promare I think has ridiculously cool action fight sequences the color palette is it pops beautifully especially yeah. on on like the movie screen but story wise very fucking linear and then they just threw in some weird curveballs that didn't really have anywhere like any place really in the story and I walked away being like, wow, I got jabated by Studio Trigger, which is welcome because Trigger be doing that shit. Um, but yeah, so I'm with you there. Premiere, I think, is... It's, it's a summer blockbuster. It's a summer, You, you go exactly. there for the spectacle, you it's watch it spectacle. with your boys, you get hyped, you get the big sound. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it delivered in that regard. Oh, yeah. Uh, dude, in the theater, it was a wonder. I love that I got to see that on release day in the theater with a packed and, theater. and the music, and the music... So good, yeah, so dude. good. I love the soundtrack, but the show itself, or the movie, I should say, was uh, just big sad. So, I don't know. Give it a shot, people. You might enjoy it. Hopefully, I've lowered your exp- expectations enough that now you will enjoy it. So, uh, now all I have left is the good. So, I'll, I'll put that on hold so we can, someone else can take a turn. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Mandy. I want to talk about uh, a show that I finally finished. I finished Do all it. of Gintama. All Mandy, of it. I want you. I want people to hear that one more time, Mandy. What did you just do? I finished all of Gintama. All of Gintama, huh? All of it. All of it. Every oh episode, except for a few OVAs, which I'm saving for rainy days. Oh my god! In the movie, I well, I, I haven't seen the Benny Zakura movie, which is the first one, but it's also based off one of the arcs in the show, so that's why I haven't seen it yet. But um, I'm probably still gonna go back and watch it just to see if there's any differences, and then. Yeah, for um, sure. But I did see the second movie. As well, and uh, yeah, no, Gitama, I fell in love with the show <laughs> so hard. Like, um, man, I it hit me in a really good spot too. Where um, I've been like, man, recently things have been so stressful, but Gitama always managed to put a smile on my face. Like, it's yeah, there. Some of those episodes were so funny that I was just rolling the entire time and i got my sister to watch it so now i have somebody else to share it with and we've been sending memes back and forth and expressing our love together but uh no it's man it was so much fun um yeah i mean it's like these the show is ridiculous there are so many just dick and poop jokes all over the place Mm -hmm. but there are also a lot of themes about just trauma and um just like depression people like issues that people are going through and um there's always a theme of learning how to pick up and move on even though you don't feel like you can do that any longer like there's a lot of characters who just um they just need a little push to keep going and man i don't know every episode just hit me in such a good spot except um I mean, there are things that I didn't like about it. Like, towards the end, there's an antagonist. I'm not going to do any spoilers. There is an antagonist towards the end that I was like, this guy, I do not like his inclusion in this because it just feels like he's pointless. But to be fair, I love that throughout the series, multiple times, Gintoki warns you that all shonen jump manga turn into battle manga before they end. It's fate. <laughs> and mm-hmm. man, I've never met, I've never seen a show where it feels like the team behind it, Sunrise and even the mangaka are having so much fun with it. Like they, um, they talk about like, they, they criticize themselves multiple times. I think that's hilarious. <laughs> like there is like a scene where it contradicts something earlier in the show. And it's such an honest show that they totally br- like 
call it out. <laughs> like Gitoki will have like this, uh, like like one of his like little class sessions, like with Professor Gintoki, and he's like. Yeah, this uh, this is contradicting. This scene that we just did is contradicting a uh, a flashback in the, earlier in the series. So we're going to uh, mm-hmm. we're going to change that. Here's what the scene actually was, and I'll add a little bit, just a little bit, to the beginning to completely change the scene and make it fit. And I thought it was hilarious. They do that so many times. There was an episode where. I mean, they even talk about their own merchandise. Where Gintoki did not think that the Gintama game that came out on PS4 was going to sell. So the whole episode was about him making the game better. <laughs> so it would sell. It was just so silly. Like, they, like, even the live action, Gintama, or uh, Gintoki was upset because he didn't like the actor they chose for him. It's like, it feels like the team behind Sunrise is just using it as a way to talk to you, and it's just really funny. <laughs> That's awesome. And, man, man, I love it at the... I mean, I don't want to do any spoilers, but there are multiple times where they even blame the mangaka for issues in it. They're like, look, he hasn't finished the manga. We're trying our best here. I've never seen something so honest. But, man, it was really funny. Um, another thing that I didn't like, and keep in mind, this this series is like over 367 episodes. It's it's really long, so um, the issues that I had were such as like an insignificant portion of it. There were a lot of jokes about like gender identity that I didn't like, and I don't feel like I'm qualified to um, to really dive into it. But they did make me cringe, and it's just a warning for people who um, might be turned off by that. But they are like a very small portion of the series. It it only happens a few times that I was like, it was really bad, but. I don't know. It. Um. I think people could have different opinions on it, but uh. Yeah. No. I loved it, and I was really sad after I finished it. I was like, "What am I gonna watch now?" And now everything right. just. I don't want to watch anything else. I just want to rewatch episodes of it. And uh, yeah. no, I think it has cemented itself in my top ten. I loved it so much. <laughs> yeah, I would. I would have been shocked had it not cemented itself in your top ten because, like, like. Like behind the scenes, guy. Well, not even behind the scenes. Like Mandy on the podcast, on the podcast Discord, on our personal Discord for like for us to handle like host shit. Like it's Mandy has just been beaming with Gintama for like <laughs> forever, and it's like it comes up every time. Just the same way that she like with like Hunter Hunter. Like it behind the scenes, it's been like Gintama also, and it's like yeah. I'm just so happy for you that you guys to experience this because it, it, because it's 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 like you said. Like these are just crazy weird fucking heavy times we're living in and we have to be so grateful to anything that puts a smile on our face yeah you know what i mean like i like me with like like me like on like the hobby addicts i've been talking about k dramas a lot recently and a whole bunch of ones i've been watching and how they make me feel really happy in these times which is like a crazy thing so i'm just happy that you got to finish this show and that it it did so much for you in terms of like making you smile and stuff because damn you know that's so cool yeah, oh I my god, am, my... I, am, am, am I about to watch Gintama Loki? God damn it. Maybe. I'm, I'm, I'm just glad that after years of every time this podcast would bring up like a top 10 list or something about Mel, where none of the hosts had seen it, we'd get a, oh, th- this has like six of the top 10 spots. Is it really that good? I don't know about Gintama. I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know. Probably not very good. And now, ever since i've joined and mandy's joined we've we've turned the tide and at least half of us now can uh stoutly vouch 
Stouchly vouch Stouchly for the quality of Gintama. Is the most Mason phrase I've ever heard in my life. My my screen my photo album is full of just Gintama screenshots. It's kind of ridiculous, oh but uh, no, I fell I fell in love with Gintoki. He's probably one of my favorite anime characters now. He's such a mess, but yeah, he is a mess. He's actually I don't know. He's a really good good guy though deep down. It's just really funny. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Deep down in his sugar cavities. Yes. Same. I relate. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, I uh, I mean, did we pass Haikyuu's latest season as a review? No, right? We no. did not even impress it because it's a season four, four, yeah. four plus. So we were like, people know our opinions by now. Yeah. We I, will yeah. give our opinions if we happen to watch it. Yeah. Someone happened to do that. Yeah, I definitely. Well, so Haikyuu is one of those anime where like, even if the world is like crumbling and I have like 23 hours of shit to do in a day, I will use my last hour in the day to catch up on Haikyuu's weekly episode. So... Um, Haikyuu is the only other anime that I was watching alongside Ace of Diamond. Um, whenever I'm too busy, I still fit those in outside of the ones I'm watching for the podcast. So like, I mean, I've also been watching like Sing Yesterday for me. I've been enjoying it. There's, it's getting kind of, a, it's getting interesting, I will say, but <laughs> still enjoying it. Nonetheless, the vibe is still there. So I've been watching my seasonal picks, but, um, but before all these seasonal picks, I was watching Haikyuu and getting through that. And did you guys watch Haikyuu the last yeah. season? Mm-hmm. Okay, Manny did. So I have not. I was not going to until the second core came out because it's a split core. Yeah, and I was yeah, like, yeah. oh, I'm not going to want to watch halfway and be left off. I'm going to want to pause through it all when it's done. But now that the second <laughs> half has been delayed so long mm-hmm. and Insider Baseball, my younger brother is a massive Haikyuu fan. And uh, I was told I might not be returning, like, to have to work in the office for, like, a couple more months. Yeah, same. So I'm like, hmm, I might, you know, drive home and visit the family. And if I do that, I'm going to absolutely watch Haikyuu with my brother. And that will be, like, such a great time. So I've been completely devoid of all things Haikyuu. So if there's any chance you're going to talk about anything, should I uh, mute myself for a bit? What do you mean? Like, are you going to spoil it? Oh, spoil anything or stuff? Well, I, I just wanted to give my overall, like, how I felt about this first core. Um, because I, sorry, I, I was reading Twitch chat, so I didn't okay. no, no worries. You, you no worries. Saying. Your Mason's going off on a tangent. Let's wait till he stops talking. It's all, <laughs> sorry, no, it's all good. It's all good. Um, I, I kind of wish that I had the, the foresight to also wait on watching this core of Haikyuu, but I gave in to the community, I gave in to Reddit, I gave in to any list forums to like watch Haikyuu weekly. Because, yo, you got you got to talk your shit when you watch Haikyuu, you know what I'm saying? So, but I kind of wish I held off because to me, this first core of this season four moved a little too slow for my liking. Um, I mean... Did I enjoy the the core? Yeah, because I fucking love seeing my boys do the do their shit. Like I love seeing all my characters that I love. It was just refreshing to see them again after such a long time of not having them. Uh, the introduction of the new rivals, the introduction of the of the of the, of the national youth team, um, all those characters really cool, really cool. All the characters you really like, you like them even more. They come back. They're so cool as fuck. Um, yeah, but it took. For me, it took two 
like it, this being two core makes sense because they took their time on this first core, but just having the first core on its own without the second core at all, it it, it felt too much. I felt like too much of it was development of Hinata and his like coming to coming to terms with him being shitty at like basic things and getting those basic things down. Um, and also just like the drop in animation quality was w- kind of weird to look at also. Yeah, it was, I, I was, it, it, I didn't, it didn't get to me super hard, but it definitely made me go, oh no, like what is he not to face doing right now? Like what are these, what are, like, what are, <laughs> what these, are, like, what are those, dude? Um, but overall, man, I was just so happy to, ha- to have Haikyuu back. Um, obviously we share really cool Haikyuu memories watching Haikyuu together in Japan, um, which I, which I think back on very fondly i miss you guys i love you guys man oh uh, yeah we love you yeah. too thank you friend um, i'm speaking for mason <laughs> oh it's okay oh Me- thank you <laughs> yeah. um but yeah so uh definitely haiku fans out there definitely watch the season four a lot of important layers are set up for the second core which i think will be very important but it's not like a amazing first core that is gonna like rock your socks off but it's a good it's a good development core, I will say. I think the nice. new season, uh Kageyama is getting a lot of um attention and development that I think he definitely needed. So I've been oh, I've been yeah. happy about that. Yeah, definitely. There have been a few episodes or a few moments with Hinata. I'm like, mm, stop. Yeah, <laughs> just like just like just like let's uh we got so many characters. Let's uh let's, let's, cool switch, those huh? let's, let's switch to someone else. But yeah. I'm still I'm still enjoying it. It does leave off on a kind of cliffhanger ish huge cliffhanger yeah thing. so oh, no yeah, yeah that's unfortunate that now it's delayed but oh yeah. well well i'll let you know if i end up watching it earlier than anticipated but yeah so that's really that those are my two that i've been watching honestly aside from these two anime i have been korean drama eating it up like if any listeners want to talk to me about korean dramas like let's <laughs> get it i've been watching so many Shouts out Hospital Playlist. Shouts out the Reply series on Netflix. Let's go. And my, oh, right, and my, well, and my seasonals also, also. So, yeah. I will, I guess, go through my last little list uh, quickly, hopefully. These are all the shows I watched that I thought were really darn good. I recommend checking them out. Um, first up, recommended by Kren, was uh, Library Wars or Toshokan Senso, mm-hmm. which is also another Noitamina show. Um, this was a very wild premise where essentially it's about the censorship of reading material and you have essentially two armed forces of Japan that protect libraries Hmm. and, uh, it's a cute little romance and just a weird concept and it was pretty and it was nice and it was just a good easy watch and it was really solid (laughs) at what it did. That was so weird. It's, it's about these two militaries are protecting libraries. It's a cute little romance. Yep. What? Um, yeah, that's yeah, that, amazing. That was a wild time. It's sentence. a little all over the place, but I don't know. It was just a well done show. I'm, gonna, I'm going to try that one. Like, hold me accountable. Like, that sounds like something I would love. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, next up was recommended by BK Viper, and it was Plastic Memories. <gasps> um, you can find this on Crunchyroll and Hulu. And, uh, that's a good one. You know... I went into it and I was like, oh, this is easily going to be an over the top, like sappy show. Like I can see where the you will cry at this episode moment was coming from episode one. And I was expecting to, you know, get that feeling and be like, okay, this is another uh, 
on Ohana or sh- show like that. I know Mitz was like, oh, they have this set time left when the character dies. Like, but it wasn't. The visuals were so well done. There was like such an attention to detail and care and craft to them that they didn't need to do that I was really impressed with. And instead of this big sappy moment, like it was about, you know, the inevitability of death and like accepting it in a sort of like calming way. Mm-hmm. And it like did not play it up for these big like overly dramatic melodrama but it was just like a very realistic portrayal of like the sadness and grief that comes with it but not in the classic anime way and yeah. i think because i was expecting that i was like huh and i just i really dug the show more than i was expecting yeah um next up are two movies because i'm going to cut some of these shows out and talk about them later um first up is children of the sea this was supposed to come out in theaters in april um, it was done by Studio 4C, who are at their best when they're doing films. Um, it was directed by the guy who did Gurazeni, Space Brothers, and After the Rain. Ooh. And it was gorgeous. They had these people. They had a little bit big, big eyes, but this is a this is a movie that looks like a movie. It has music by Joe Hishaishi, and it just <gasps> was solid. My boy Hishaishi? With, oh with Studio God. and your horses get wrecked. The animals in this movie are amazing. It's all these sea creatures. And it's all about the ocean. Oh, so cool. There are a couple dark moments with like a beached whale and fish and like bugs scattering about. Like there is a little bit of that, you know, violence of nature in the movie, but it was really cool. It's based on Daisuke Igarashi's manga. And it's a story about these like very mature teens who are like sucked into this like aquatic supernatural phenomena that's like affecting the oceans. And it's like a harbinger of like planetary occurrences of like the future and the past. It's a little too big brain for its concept, but visually it's stunning and it's worth checking out just on that alone. Wow. I mean, you got me a joy Hisaishi, bro. Wow. Yeah, yeah, That's of course. Uh, another movie that I've—I don't think I've heard anyone talk about in the history of ever. Maybe everyone's seen it. I'm just going crazy. It's a movie called Fuse Memoirs of a Huntress. Oh, uh, this has been on my list for a while. So this is a very Ghibli-esque movie. Um, it's directed by Masayuki Miyagi, who did, was the like assistant director on Spirited Away. Yeah. Um, and since people are sensitive, I'll say the character is a huntress. There is a little bit of hunting and violence towards animals. But um, if you're a fan of like Kyoso Giga or like Miss Kosukai, mm. Koku, Kokusai, um, Kokusai, it's 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 this really gorgeous looking. It's very simply drawn, but it looks great. It's like this historical, artistic, mythological like bundle of references. There's pompadours in this movie. There's Naruto running. There's a bit on gender dynamics. There's food porn. There's dark moments. There's a foxy dog boy who might be fo- voiced by Mamoru Miyano. There is. It's it's a it's it's just a lot. And once again, it's not a super deep complex intertwining plot but it just is so darn great to look at that it was really enjoyable and i loved it so much that i looked up all this guy's other works and i'm watching another show he did that i'm kind of excited to talk about in the future i'm not done with it yet but i found out this guy is directing a production ig adaptation of the dare king which if you've never heard of is a novel done by the same person who did guardian of the spirit so you have this Phenomenal director with a phenomenal writer with a great studio, um, I'm, which I'm going to call now. It's going to be the best movie of this year if it comes out this year and isn't delayed by stuff. So uh, the Dare King, keep an eye out 
on it for that. But check out Fuse Memoirs of a Huntress if you just want something light and easy and breezy to watch. The art reminds me of Natsume. He reminds me of Natsume, just the main character's art style. Oh, yeah. Kind of, kind of, kind of, kind of, kind of. And finally, because um, I know we're going short, uh, the best thing I watched all year, all of 2020 so far, even though it didn't come out this year, if you were to say, Mason, what's 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 the best thing you've watched? Um, easily has to go to Hyogi Mono, Jocular Fellow. This was recommended to me by Moral, who I, I, I've never heard of this show before. Uh, it's Same, a, I it's I a show about asceticism. It's about this guy or an aesthetic i should say who is in the sengoku era of japan you know the quote-unquote oversaturated nobunaga era and this dude is just not a warrior he just loves teapots and the whole tea ceremony and the artistry of that and just the beautiful in the world and he's not about war at all and i can't explain it it's a weird like twisting of historical events and has puts a spin on things and I don't think most people will enjoy this show but it has one of the best OPs of all time it has phenomenal reaction faces <laughs> and it is an absolute thing of splendor to behold in how it twists this like epic story into through the eyes of this guy who's just a goofball who loves cups and it's spectacularly deep i highly recommend watching a couple episodes just to say what the heck is going on but it's uh it's really good and i highly recommend it and i'm running out of time so watch it it's good it's It's, wild it's not streaming anywhere that reminds me of my D &D character do you remember my D D character mandy that we almost played for the podcast yeah quinn Quinn. Yeah. The, my DD character is Quinn. He's yeah. a half elf that roams the land looking for the, looking best to tea? Make the best tea recipe of all time. Yeah, I remember. We were oh almost brother and sister. Gonna, <laughs> we were almost brother and sister. Yep. I'm going to post the uh, OP in the chat for people to watch and just be stunned by its brilliance. So that's most of everything I've been watching. I'll talk about the other stuff at another day, but. Hopefully we gave you at least one show you'll like. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Damn. I you know, I didn't think wow. we were gonna talk so much, but we did. Look at us. Huh? Sorry. Huh? No, I'm what? Sorry. No, I meant that in a good way, dude. Um but anyway, something else that's good is our next intro weekly trivia question, which reads In Smile Down the Runway, Mr. Yanagira has Toe and Yukio bias cut a challenging type of cloth. What is the name of the fabric? Contemplate it, think about it, answer it when we get back from our news break. See you soon. Everybody, Mitsugi is back, and it's time for another round of anime news, starting off with some strange Pokemon news. The U.S. Customs has seized 86,000 counterfeit Pokemon figures, which I can only imagine how much that weighs by the uh, the U.S. Customs and Border Protection, a total value of $603,000, which is a shockingly small sum of money considering 86,000 figures you think would sell for more than just maybe 6 or $7 a piece. 
So the shipment, which arrived from Hong Kong and labeled as, quote, plastic furnishing articles, contained 15 boxes of figures. They've all been seized, and after looking at the photos, some of them some of them look real, and some of them kind of look counterfeit. The shipment was seized not only for violating U.S. intellectual property, but also because the small figures represented a choking hazard for young children. Next up in the news, anime directors Tsutomu Mizushima, Seiji Mizushima, and they both profess support for Hong Kong's democracy. Looks like in a little bit of a political move here. On Saturday, Mizushima wrote, I feel like I've been getting more Hong Kong followers lately. I support democracy in Hong Kong. I'm rooting for you. And Seiji Mizushima wrote, Hong Kong is a wonderful place. I love it. I support democracy. And the passing of the five demands in Hong Kong so that my Hong Kong friends and Chinese friends can live without any further pain in their hearts. This is a nice sentiment. Having visited Hong Kong myself, it is a very nice city. You can only hope that the issues that they have down there and the civil unrest get resolved peacefully. Next up, it looks like in the Japanese Union has said that 60% of actors, uh, freelance actors and voice actors, expect to receive half their regular income or less starting in May. Among respondents, 43% anticipated having some income at about half of their regular income or less, and about 23% said that they would receive no income based on a questionnaire of 293 people. More than 90% of respondents reported fewer job offers. 35% reported a reduction in requests to, to offer new work. Uh, it just looks like the economy is not going very well. The, the article didn't say if this was because of COVID or not, but I can only imagine that there are issues complicating the anime industry due to COVID all the way throughout, including voice work. And lastly, in our news break, Japan considers lifting the state of emergency in Tokyo early next week. Tokyo Governor Yuriko Koike said that the metropolis meets the government's criteria for lifting the state of emergency. And officials are monitoring, monitoring the COVID situation. The government's target for new infections is 0.5 or fewer per 1,000 people in one week. And a cumulative total of 5,136 people have tested positive in Tokyo as of Friday. So the government is outlining a three-stage, three-phase roadmap for reopening. I won't go into the details here. You can read about it online, but it looks like Japan will be reopening, particularly in Tokyo, as soon as early next week. This is Mitsuki, and this was your anime news break. And now, of course, it's time to get back to the podcast. The AAA Podcast is always trying to bring you new and exciting ways to enjoy our content, and now we have an exclusive member-only RSS feed on the site that is going to let you access our hentai episodes, our hobby addicts, and our after-parties episodes, all from your favorite mobile apps. That's an additional eight episodes of content per month just for you, and you can listen to it through Apple Podcasts app. You can listen to it through Podcast Addicts, Pocket Cast, Overcast FM, Downcast FM, etc., etc., onward and onward. So many mobile apps for you to choose from. If you were holding back on supporting the podcast because you didn't like listening to our extra content through our website, now you can get it and listen to it the same way you enjoy all your other podcasts. So pitch in, help out the podcast, do a good thing, and enjoy all the extra content we have for you. Just go to aaapodcast.com slash join, and you will get all this extra content and an exclusive member RSS feed for you to enjoy. That's Again, that's aaapodcast.com slash join, and support the podcast. 
ジェイリストドットコムの提供でお送りします So before we went on break, we had a question for you. In Smile Down the Runway, Mr. Yanagida has Toe and Yukito bias cut a challenging type of cloth. What is the name of the fabric? And the name is,、uh, once again, is it Gorget? Gorget? Gorgetti? Yeah, I went with Gorget. Gorget, okay. It's, it's probably not right. It's probably not right. Thanks, Mason. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, so up next we have our iTunes review. You ready for that? Hi. For iTunes review. Alrighty, so this iTunes review is from Maddie916. They said, Why did I wait this long? In the past, while looking for anime related podcasts to listen to, I often overlooked this one for some odd reason. It was only after the Kyoto animation fire that I finally got into your podcast, and now I regret waiting this long to listen to this fine piece of programming. I love the symmetry between all the hosts as they bring insightful information into everything. Relate it to my anime addiction.、Uh, keep up the wonderful work as I dedicate myself to making said addiction worse. Thank you so much. And, Thank you、um, so much, man. Also, if you would like to leave us an iTunes review, please go to AAA Podcast or Anime Addicts Anonymous Podcast on iTunes. Leave us a review so we know how we are doing. And five stars we'll read on the show. But also feel free to leave us、um, uh, some comments on how we can improve to make things better for you. But thank you so、yeah. much, Maddie. Alrighty. So, because we normally put our mailbags at the end of the show and we tend to skip them a lot,、uh, we haven't been getting as many mailbags lately because we new people probably have no idea that we even do mailbags. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, it we decided. It feels that way. Yeah, we decided to move this up higher in our show、uh, just so we can get through a couple of them and make sure that we do these、uh, before the review. So,、uh, let's. I'm going to say we're also moving it forward because then people who don't want to get spoiled to the review、yes. and might like tune out are like, well, I, I want to hear the mailbags.、So、when do I come back? So, that's a good, good point. Two birds, one stone. All right. So, I'm going to go ahead and move us into mailbags. It's time for an almighty anime mailbag. Anime. 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 Mailbag, bag, bag. It's funny because the other、uh, two cannot hear the drops because I do not have、yeah. Mitsugi's equipment. <laughs> I was, so, was going to、so、say that to everyone, to everyone watching Twitch. If, you, if it seems like me, Mason, just like, and where's the cue? Where's the cue for Mandy? Where's the cue? Because we can't hear the drops. Yeah. So we've been fooling you. So there's, you. there's <laughs> a quote. I think it's Nietzsche who says, and those who couldn't hear the music thought those who were dancing to be insane. You know?、Oh. But, uh, But what's the quote for the people who hear nothing but are dancing? Those are the crazy ones. 
the first mailbag comes to us also from Moral. And it says, hello, dear hosts. Uh, Mason is the host who's never wrong except when you are, hello. which uh, I, I should say is very often my guy. I'm wrong constantly. I'm like a broken clock. I'm wrong 1,438 times a day. Yeah, dude. But um, I'm curious if there's any particular anime review the podcast covered prior to your arrival that you believe to be criminally underrated or overrated. Um, then he goes on to write something about cake. We can skip that. Mm-hmm. And I think you guys, if you want to, you could answer as well, because there's plenty of reviews from before you guys joined. But um, yeah. here's some thoughts. Shows that are underrated. These are shows that the podcast gave a score that I was like, no, what? That show's better than that. First up is Rockago. They gave it a five, which is the highest they could give, but not enough people were on those reviews to also give it a five. So a uh, record ago, five out of five underrated. Oh, Next wow. up is rolling girls, a show they gave a two and uh, the show is not much better than that, but it looks so damn cool that uh, it's better than a I think two. That's about when I started the podcast, I think it's like a 2.5. Yeah. Very good. Um, Recreators, they gave it a two and a half out of five. I went in with, really low expectations and i kind of enjoyed that show it was a bunch of fun it had a banging soundtrack it was a good time um bungo stray dogs they gave it a two and a half out of five and i think they were just like oh, what's up, all these characters are we supposed to know who these people are what's up with these stuff and i was like oh, they're great they're all literary figures it was a good time and uh it looked great cool show got better as it went on I like that show. Bingo Stray Dogs. Better than two and a half out of five. Um, next up, Baby Steps. They gave that show a two and a half out of five. And that's a super comforting sports show that's real great time and real fun to watch. And finally, Aka 13. They gave it a three. I, I really love that series. My, got my manga of it right over there. Yep, yep. Got my poster of it. Uh, you can't see it in this frame, but uh, no, Aka 13 is great. Love that show. Uh, as far as shows that are overrated, uh, 91 Days, so they gave that show a 5. It's not a 5. Uh, Scum's a Wish, they gave that show a 5. I can see why people enjoy it. It's not a 5. It's not a masterpiece. Come on. Um, Your Lie in April, they gave that show a 5. Mandy touched on it earlier. I agree. It's not that great of a show. Uh, Steins Gate Zero. Enzo, my dude, I think you were on this one. I was. I remember being on this one. Yeah, four and a half out of five. Bro, it's good. That show. No, nope. was nope. big nope. yikes. It was big not, yikes. I, one of my least favorite from that year. I, so glad. I agree to disagree. disagree. Oh my god. Uh, Rage of Bahamut. Uh, they gave that series a four. I think. I there's a lot of hype around it. It looks good. Has some cool music, but I was really underwhelmed with it. Um, Yawamushi Pedal. Um, they originally gave it a four and I was like, oh, this is a good sports show. I, I bike a bit and I watched it and I was horrified with what I saw. I despise that show. And I think they reviewed a, a series later on and lowered that score a bit. So they kind of recovered in my book. Um, and finally gamers, oh, well. they gave it a 2.5 out of five and that's still too high. Gamers was a nightmare and a uh, big sad and, uh, it yeah, started so, those so are, strong though. Damn it. Yeah. I mean, I could go on for two hours about right. shows, but then it's just my thoughts. And that's why everyone has different takes and opinions and thoughts. And we all, that's why we had the conversation. So yeah, I forget which you ones. guys have any thoughts. I forget which ones. Oh, I was so with you on Akka and, and um, I don't think I was there for the scoring of Akka. 
Um, I don't remember if I was ever babysitter, but I would not have given babysitter two out of five. I really liked that show. I was I was when you were talking about like Diamond No Eights earlier. I'm like, Baby Steps, my guy. Yeah, Baby Steps. I, I really so really liked Baby Steps. Yeah. Um, I think I was there for Scum's Wish. I don't remember what I gave. I have to look at Icy Rose's document or whatever, but I doubt I gave it a five. I think that one was just... I thought it was a five across the board. Chiaki and Kimiko. I think it was just those two. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I think that was it. Yeah, because I don't... And I understand completely why people could like that show, but... I would have given Scum's Wish like a a soft four, personally. Soft four. Um, You give a show a five. Those are big shoes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm more with you than not with you on most of, especially the, the Rakugo 5 not being enough. That's funny. (laughs) Rakugo needs more love. Manny, do you got any opinions on these or should I move on to the next one? No, I don't really have anything. Um, cause yeah, no, I like, there are definitely times when they did reviews that I definitely disagreed with them, but Mm -hmm. I can understand everyone has different opinions. So I don't think anything is like overrated i hate i also hate saying overrated i hate that it feels like a very arrogant (laughs) way of saying that my opinion is more important than yours (laughs) i hate that but um like underrated i i mean i don't know i don't know i i i'd have to look through the list to see what's there but there have definitely been moments where i disagreed with them on stuff Mandy, underrated, Gintama, not reviewed. It's true, yeah, <laughs> yeah. True, it's true. Gintama. And like, and like, we said, like we said earlier, these scores are just, you know, a snapshot in time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And more important than, I always believe, more than the score itself is, why did they think the way they did? Yeah. There's been tons of times on the show where Mitz has been poo-pooing a show. This show is not that great. Ooh, the line work's awful. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, three and a half out of five. And everyone's like, well, that score is different than what you said. And it's... It's all about how, you know, you jive with the reviewer and what you think of stuff. So for sure. I understand that at the end of the day, everyone, none of these scores are I know wrong, there are some for, shows. Uh, gamers. <laughs> I know there were some shows that, that were not passed that I had real issues with um, when they did not pass. Um, was it was it uh, Snow White with the red hair for reasons? I was oh, really yeah. upset about that. <laughs> sure. You yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I the reasons that like I understand he could just not liked it but the reasons i didn't agree with but you know it happens yeah. it'd be like that yeah it'd be like that i, I also want to say that this was all before my time except for science case zero which i will not back down from uh um, oh, but you, you should but i will no. not you should. no you should i will not no Fuck the man i, I love science case zero i thought was dope anyway the next mailbag is from punch my beaver and they say uh-huh. i found i yeah i know this is an interesting name um, they say, I have found myself watching specific episodes of uh, Sangatsu no Lion and have watched them several times for that matter. Some of those episodes, let's say, reached me in very personal ways. Question for the whole crew. Have you ever found yourself doing the same thing? I mean, watching, and what I mean is watching specific episodes of a, of a specific anime because it reached you on a personal level. Come on, guys and gals, time to confess and lay it all out on a personal level. You all rock. Yeah, I definitely have this and... Um, this immediately brought me to episode five of Beck, which is I probably one of my favorite episodes of an anime ever because it is so pivotal. Episode five of Beck is where I think Koyuki gains the first step of, of real confidence in himself. Um, it is the first, um, so there were so many, there were so many 
beautiful things about that episode and I, i'm just gonna i'm just gonna walk through them because fuck it spoilers um <laughs> i mean and it's, it's also episode five out of like 24 would so. you like a spoiler uh um tag? yeah yeah you give a quick a quick quick spoiler, quick spoiler. It's nothing crazy but cool cool yeah so episode five of beck is the episode so many things happen um it's the episode where they name the band is when ryusuke and chiba sit down and they name the band what they name the band um it is the episode where koyuki is is put is against his will put a lot of trust on him because um uh, saito sensei is like hey like i put us up for a talent show you're gonna be the guitarist in the band deal with it i just want you to i, I want you to grow like this and koyuki's like yo i'm not good enough and he's like i don't care let's practice and it's it's koyuki's like first like holy shit, I can't fuck this up. It's my first show. It's my first pile on stage. And it's also like a beautiful episode of Koyuki finding him, finding himself in a weird position where he finally has a life. And, and like, and it's, it's beautiful because of it's, it's just like a perfect episode of young teen love and development and taking those first steps out of a depressive hole. It's, he when he gets on that stage he plays follow me by the rocket boys and that performance of him standing next to maho is always in my head um i sing that to myself all the time I, it's one of the first songs i learned on guitar after i finished the show um and it's just i just i'm always so happy for koyuki watching that episode because he goes from like sad boy to like shit you know life isn't that bad right now and it's a monumental switch in him. And then from episode five on, it's just amazing development of that show. So episode five of Beck, it's to me, I watch, I literally YouTube that episode all the time or, or like watching on Funimation all the time because it's, I think one of my favorite character development episodes ever. It's beautiful. It reminds me of the best times, of the best things life can give you. Nice. Yeah. Um, Hot man. Yeah, so yeah, I, I rewatch episodes of Natsume Eugene Show all the time, especially when I'm feeling really down or depressed. I think it's such a fantastic show for me because there are so many episodes that hit me in a very personal way. Um, specifically, the ending, um, last couple episodes of season four, I rewatch those all the time. And they give me that catharsis where I just, you know, you just cry it all out. <laughs> And it's so great for that. I just, Natsume Eugene Show has always been such a very personal and um, meaningful anime to me because it just, it's able to bring me out of just really sad times. And uh, yeah, no, I love, I love that series so much. But um, another one I've been rewatching parts of is I Want to Eat Your Pancreas. And again, it's kind of like earlier when we talked about where it's from the time that you watched it, there are definitely moments where um, in that movie, and I mean, there are de- definitely a lot of issues with that movie. I don't think it's like a, a fantastic movie, but there are still moments in it that were so personal for me that give me a certain feeling. And uh, yeah, no, I, I go back and rewatch moments of that all the time. And also Gintama. Gintama makes me laugh my ass off and I've been rewatching episodes. It is so great because since it's like the vast majority majority of it is um, episodic, I could just turn on any episode and watch it and get a laugh out of it and make me happy. So, yeah. Add that to the uh, rainy day list. Yeah. Let's watch uh, just any episode of Gintama, please. Thank you very much. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Um, I don't rewatch shows or episodes very often. I tend to prefer something new. Um, I mean, shows that I've seen a couple times now that I can always go back to conceptually is uh, essentially Fully Cooley or Tatami Galaxy. Any scenes from any of those shows, mm-hmm. because both those shows have a very similar concept of you have to swing the bat. Mm-hmm. You, you have to get out there. You have to do. You have to live the life that you want to live you have to achieve what you want and that like motivation is always something that i'm like yes yes i'm i'm always in the mood for that so those two shows are always great examples um if we're getting personal and highly specific the ending monologue of uh, the night is short walk on girl mm, the uh Mason's the conversation that the main character has like in his brain when he's like bed sick or whatever about like the the fears of entering a relationship and like failing just like what does it mean to fail and what risk does it have on my psyche and my being there's like this just i think it's like four minutes of just non-stop the suit is just in his own head thinking about you know should i risk it or not does she like me or does she not and like it is unbelievably so amazing how good it like deconstructs what every person has thought about at least once in their life that I remember watching it that literally I just had to like it was so almost uncomfortable and how much it like hit me with a bullseye that I was like I just had to start laughing or just making sounds because I'm like oh my goodness the show is so much in my own mm-hmm. element I, I need to I need to escape because oh it's so good and uh if you ever need that kick in the butt that's another moment from a Uasa show go figure that uh is just ooh, it's so good to go back to so those are my answers yeah that's a yeah man the, i i live for those moments and stories mason just like the ones where like it's it's like wow i could not i could not have put to words that emotion better in any way um and it comes and it comes from dialogue it also comes from just like how things are portrayed like how, how things play out in, in anime and yeah i I, th- I think that's also why i go back to episode five of of Beck because it's just uh it's when I watch that episode I th- I just see myself I see the me before loving music and playing guitar and I see the me after and how many friends and beautiful moments in my life that brought me so like for sure like it's sometimes anime is just like yep that's that's the feeling that's the one I couldn't put words to thank you very much for that and also Okami in the Twitch chat yeah Moon on the Water beautiful fucking song on that episode. <laughs> All right, it's been two hours, everyone. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. But yeah, please give us more mailbags. Uh, you can find the link on the website to leave them for us so we can answer them. But yeah, moving right along because we are running long. I apologize oh, yeah, for we that. Uh, we have a review of Smout on the Runway, which is from the winter season. And uh, this was chosen by or brought back by the listeners because none of us did an impression on it. And I remember, um, I think it just wasn't on anyone's radar and then when the season started because i think this is a pretty strong season where we found so many things to Mm -hmm. watch and Mm -hmm. um when i was going through the list of stuff i think both mason and i watched this and we're like no this is pretty decent but our schedule is already full enough so (laughs) but yeah it was brought back um you can watch it on funimation and uh the studio was azola 
who worked on Happy Sugar Life, funny, <laughs> and um, Are You Lost? And the director is Nobuyoshi Nagayama, who also worked on Happy Sugar Life, which is hilarious to me. Um, Are You Lost? And also My Girlfriend is a Show Bitch. So, um, yeah, this story is a um, kind of shonen uh, slice of life about a girl named Chiyuki who um, it, her father it works at um, as, as a fashion designer for Par- like a Paris um, fashion design company and she always wanted to walk down the runway it, for her father's um, clothing line but she's also very short like she's way shorter than what a um, what a typical fashion model runway fashion model would be and uh this is about her trying to uh get into the industry despite that and uh, prove that she can do it um you know despite her uh her lack of height and but there's also she also meets a boy named ikuto who wants to be a fashion designer and so he is also trying to get into the industry and they work together to um try and show others that they can make it in this world and uh yeah. Um, what did we think of our impressions going in? Yeah. Um, so this is the era of the podcast where I took off. So this is the first season where I didn't give any impressions or picks or whatever. So for these for for, for this review and also for like so also for like Somali last week, I've had to like resort to watching a trailer and also going back in my memory about what my Brooklyn meetup was talking about. And I remember this one specific memory from my Brooklyn anime meetup that two I had two two usuals talking about a show about the runway and they seemed very stoked on it. So I wasn't I, was, I wasn't partaking in the conversation, but I kept hearing them talk about it from like my left side. And they were like, oh, my God, I really love that show. Oh, my God. So I have that faint memory. And so when and so when this came up to review and I watched the trailer, I was like, oh, 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 this is looking like something that I would have probably put on my like like pick list most likely to probably do an impression on because it, it hits a lot of notes that I like. And also. I just love Paradise Kiss from back in the day, so I was mm, just like, I, yeah. can, I, 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 I was like, I can do another fashion one. Fuck it, let's go. Um, so expectations for better or worse were on the a little higher than normal side. I wanted, the, I wanted this to be good going in. I really, I wanted it to be good. Like I was really hoping this would be good. So that's that's before I started watching. I was like, I hope this is good. I want it to be good. Yeah, so I think like most people know, this is a shonen fashion series. And what do I know about fashion? Look at me. Uh, well, I've read JoJo, so I know everything about fashion. All there is. Exactly. Peak shonen fashion. But no, I, I love learning new things. I love when shows like kind of have that nonfiction style and like bring me into the world of like restaurants, uh, animation studios, game development, uh, bookseller Honda, like... I like going into like real worlds and learning about stuff. I was excited. Um, also, the name of this is amazing in Japanese. I, I believe, I wish everyone just said it in Japanese. It's Runway de Warate. And it just has, it rolls off the tongue really well. It's got the runway, the RW to Warate with the W to the R. It just has a nice symmetry to it. And I love the name. And yeah, the hype was good. And the first couple episodes were solid. Um, yeah, no, I didn't have 
huge expectations going into the show. Um, I did watch the first few episodes and I liked them. I thought they were really interesting. Um, yeah, it was a um, shonen, uh, you know, fashion show or, fa- or fashion uh, anime. And um, I did love Paradise Kiss. So I was also uh, looking for something like that. But it, I think it very early on, I could, I noticed that it wasn't going to be the same kind of mm-hmm. romantic, mm-hmm. messy drama kind of that paradise kisses uh it was very much more of a shonen and um but i do love stories about people who go against odds they someone tells them you can't do this and they're like fuck you i'm gonna do it Mm -hmm. (laughs) i love stories like that and so i was interested interested to see how um chiyuki combats the fashions fashion world's like image of what beauty is and um and also seeing ukuto because he was such a sweet little boy and i couldn't wait to see more about him he was so sweet but uh yeah i guess with that we can go into our spoiler free recommendations yeah um I it's I think this is an anime that any lover of the types of shows that Mason mentioned would like any sh- for example if you love shows like Shirobako if you love shows like um Bakuman ba- welcome yeah, to the ballroom exactly uh, shows that shows that like as Mason I think you, you said it so fucking well actually like shows that bring you in into a space that you have never explored before um i think this show you would just like this show on a base level like you're gonna like this show i also think this show is good for anyone that wants something that is compelling but also not too heavy so you're not gonna be drowned in like heavy super duper emotions but you will feel good watching this show it it does take you on emotional journeys but it's not anything that's like super heavy like you're not watching like a like a bebop of of melancholy you know like it's 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 lighthearted it's fun um it pops it's really it's a really cool look into the fashion world and its challenges um so uh yeah i i think i rec- I, I would generally recommend it to anyone that's looking for like a good vibe a good time a good short 12 episode good time uh, this was a solid show. Um, I feel like there were a lot of moments where it required a suspension of disbelief to set up like plot points or emotional payoffs. And it is a shonen show with a shonen formula at the end of the day. And that just leads to a show that does not have a lot of nuance or depth to it. Um, it's an easy show to watch, but it's kind of also an easy show to forget. Um, I was hoping for a bit more of the edutainment side of things the more educational look into the industry struggles of the craft and they did happen but they were not as documentary-esque as i think i wanted um this show is right on the border for me to recommend usually my baseline is would i watch more of this and while if season two came out i would definitely watch it if it never did i wouldn't be that upset the show is fine but at the end of the day i think people's time might be a little bit more precious than this so I'd say at least watch two episodes, give it a shot. If it's a show that's up your alley, don't be dissuaded from checking it out. But I don't think I'd recommend it to the listening public at the end of the day. Um, I'd say you could definitely check this one out. It, did, like, it, it doesn't do anything that made me think this is really bad or anything like that. It's um, definitely a shonen. It didn't challenge the, like, 
for my expectations, it didn't challenge enough of like the fashion world's uh, standards of beauty that I would have liked. Like, um, it's very much just about Chiyuki and her uh, struggles. And then, um, of course, Ikuto's side too. Uh, I thought Ikuto was my favorite part of the entire show. And I was a little, I was wanting a little bit more from Chiyuki's side, which I didn't get. But even despite that, I still thought it was an enjoyable show. Um, I it does get a little over dramatic at points, <laughs> which I made me gave me some kind of eye rolls. But um, it wasn't a bad show, and I don't think that you would be wasting your time or anything if you check this out. So if you are interested in fashion, keep in mind that you're not going to get a lot of information out of this that like you know like insider kind of information mm. that maybe you would get from. I can't even remember if Paradise Kiss had a lot of that. I think a little bit. Not not much, though. Not not really. It was more on the romance. I think this show had more of like, oh, this is how stitching works, or this is how the model shoots work or lineups work. There were definitely cool information tidbits in there for you, but keep in mind, it's not like educational whatsoever, which is fine. It's a shonen. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, no, I don't think you can go wrong with it if you check it out. So with that, I guess we can go into our spoiler-free or spoiler (laughs) conversation. Mm -hmm. So here's your drop. Alrighty, spoiler warning is up. So where would you like to begin? (laughs) Um, Uh, Either the plot or the characters. What would you guys like to do first? um, I, I actually have a really... I, I want to touch on characters, I think. Uh, okay. Um, unless you both want to talk about plot first, then I'm good. I'm, I can go either way. But I, no, you started us yeah, yeah, down yeah. this okay. road. <laughs> All right. So I I liked, I was worried about Ikuto um, when they first brought him on as, as um, when they first introduced him in the show because I thought he was going to be like a very whiny, um, like a whiny shonen boy. But I I actually really like his ability to believe in himself and not be such a pushover because yeah. there were ma- there were many times in the in this anime where in any other shonen you could see like them being pushed over or whatever. But he like he he was so like I really liked Ikuto because he was so like in his beliefs and was like no like i i'm not gonna back down from how i feel like i made these choices like these are my choices like i even if it even if it fucks me in the end like i'm gonna stick by this and and i do and i do like the also chiyuki you know i i think chiyuki is where you get the most suspensive disbelief because from what i know of like the modeling world like yeah like there's definitely height requirements like literally like literal height requirements and like it's very unlikely that a model of her height gets picked for like literally anything, even if they have like the work ethic of a God. Um, but even so it is cool. It was cool to see her parallel willpower to Ikuto's cause they both were just really dedicated to the, to what they wanted to do and be. So I think in general, these two characters as our, as our leads was cool. I, I got, I personally think that, um, it was a cool bait and switch where we thought the show was going to be like Chiyuki's story and it, and it is her story. Cause you see all her entire journey throughout it too. But I thought it was cool how at the end of the first episode, you're like, Oh, this is not really about her. It's about him. Like Ikuto's story. 
but you can argue it's both but like i i think i think the show focuses on ikuto mostly um which i which i ikuto you mean hashtag best bob best bob did you did you guys it took me like two seconds to realize why they called him bob did you did you guys understand yeah. yeah yeah i got it yeah I, I i was like why bob and i was like oh his hair there it is there it is there you go yeah, yeah. no i but. loved ikuto i thought he was very um interesting i liked his side of the story more than chiyuki because Things. chiyuki um i really i was really hoping that it challenged more on like the fashion world's uh standards for beauty like challenging norms i would have liked to see more of that because that's why i thought it was interesting but that um they had heard desire to be a runway model despite her height i mean but i would have liked to see more characters or like maybe they're a bit bigger different kind of models and like showing that you know you could probably make clothes to fit the model instead of just fitting to this very specific type of uh beauty standard so um i would have liked to see a lot more of that but they didn't do that unfortunately um i also would have liked if they had done a little bit more of like uh different kind of statuses because it's it's a little bit harder to feel for chiyuki when she is like the rich girl i would have liked to see somebody trying to make it into this world from like a maybe a lower income house instead that's why i liked ikutu so much i thought his journey was far more um enjoyable than chiyuki's but so uh, here, here's my thing about like what the show is trying to conquer. All the all the characters in the show have a a hurdle that they're trying to, you know, breach. And the show, I mean, like beauty and aesthetics and stuff like that is very subjective. There's really a lot of ways. It's really hard to define what's better in that sort of way. So the show really pushes like an objective measure of what the characters need to overcome. For example. Uh, Chiku is numerically lacking. She, the you need to be five foot nine to be a model. She's five foot two, which is the average height of a female character in Japan. Like that's kind of, you know, just objective. She's seven inches too short. How, how is she going to overcome this? Ikuto is financially lacking. He just does not have enough money to be a designer. He can't afford the schooling you need to go family. to. He can't afford the materials. Yeah. How is he going to achieve the monetary measures? To succeed, uh, Kokoro is objectively like dimensionally perfect for modeling, but she doesn't want that path. So how is she going to circumvent that? And essentially, the antagonist of the series, in, in a way, is Toe, who is a person who is very about those numbers. He is the guy who can, you know, uh, touch people and like visually like assess what their measurements are. He's all about the numbers. He has that objective standard which is part of why he succeeds and his hurdle is you know he has to get an objective a set number of offers to surpass his grandmother like the show very much tries to set a clear defined bar of there's this number for all these characters and if they can go above it they will succeed and it seemed kind of strange in a system that's very not about those objectives and I can see why they did it to help define what success or failure is, but it is a little unrealistic. I don't know. My two cents. Yeah, I I think um I think I think it definitely took creative leeway with a lot of the coincidence. like like the, the the biggest thing that checked me out in during the anime is when the money situation of Ikutobi came to the forefront where he couldn't afford his mom's like surgical procedure while also 
you know, affording all the clothes to make his outfits for the runway show. And he, there was so many different people being like, yo, just quit and join my team. Or, yo, just quit and convince her to be a, or, or convince Kokoro to be a model and not a designer. And I'll give you all the money you need. And I at first thought it was cool. Like He was like, no, no, no. Like, I'll make it happen. I'll make it work. And then I thought it was like, I thought it was just like, I was like, oh, like too coincidentally perfect that like, um, his boss called the the father of Chiyuki to give him the two million the two million yen for the for the design he 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 made. Uh, right? Am I saying this wrong? Um, I I don't really know if his boss convinced the Chiyuki's father to do it. I think he just inherently you know he bought the design conceptually months ago and now he finally came to production with it and it was kind of a happy accident i'm not really sure how much kokoro's phone call set that up so that's what i wasn't too sure about okay but um but yeah it was was very convenient but it goes in the line of sticking to your guns which he does throughout yeah but yeah but either way i was just like uh that's that's when i started feeling like okay things are going too well for you but that that does get um it that does play out and evens out later on in the in the anime but um but yeah so but i but i also but i also like i didn't give it too much like uh crap for that because it was only 12 episodes and when they and they were literally balancing three like three four main characters at, at, at a certain point so like they had to build to the runway show to make that the finale um to make things pay off at the end so i, I think the 12 the 12 cap on this anime um i didn't i would never expect this to be more than 12 episodes but because it was 12 and they presented a lot of threads i think they had to kind of go linear plot points here and there he, to get he, to get a lot of threads yeah, I did it i get it <laughs> you madman oh, yeah. I, I like the two main characters sorry go ahead i was gonna say this oh. is based on a manga and the manga is still going oh nice so there's yep. a lot more to and it. i will say i felt like this ended at a good enough spot mm-hmm. like i was happy with how it finished up um I guess talking about the characters and this kind of highlights my biggest problem with the whole show is I like most of the characters, if not all of them. Um, And there is a moment early on where Honoka, Ikuto's like older sister, kind of like spites him. Like when they get in a little feud or a little fight, she likes she doesn't wear the clothes that he made for her. And I thought that was a nice touch because, you know, it's kind of your way of saying, oh, I'm, I'm disagreeing with you right now. I'm not going to wear the clothes you made for me. And it was, like, very subtle. His mom made, like, one comment on it. And I was like, okay, I get it. But then later on in the episode, the the youngest sister of the family brings it up. And she comes into the room, like, bawling her eyes out. And she's like, when you wear his clothes, they make you smile. And, like, this big old thing. And it's like, this was such a nice little moment when it was, like, a sly comment. But when it's so obvious mm. and heavy-handed and forced, yeah, heavy-handed like, for that's sure. when... Like, the motions go from, oh, that's nice, that's cute, that's realistic, to, okay, we got it. And overall, I think Ikuto's whole family was just, that was the one thing I think that suffered the most. It was it was too compressed to get into these 12 episodes, and they felt like every time was just a throwaway. Mm-hmm. So while I liked all the main characters, 
Ugh. I think I liked Ikuto's family at the end, though, when they all came to watch his fashion show. And they kind of had that, like, because his, his mother has been sick in the hospital. And um, she's part of the reason why he wasn't able to get into the fashion world sooner. Because he's been spending all, using all of his money to help his mother. And he's also doing this. Yeah. As a way to yeah. try and help support his mother, despite her not wanting it at all. She's like, no, spend it on you and your dreams and what you want to do. So I, I don't know. I got a little emotional when she came to see his um, fashion show and how far that he has climbed and improved. And um, just also seeing his sister just kind of regret everything she said <laughs> to him. Yeah. I, I, I was going to say like the mom uh, part, too. Go, go ahead, Enzo. No, I, 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 I'm with Mandy. I, I, I think... I'm with both of you. I think the family stuff at the beginning was a good like, oh, this is a good facet of this character's uh, of this character's life, and then it, it did feel kind of cheesy and corny and over the top most of the time. But I think it was re- I think it played out pretty well with that scene of his mother yelling for him in the crowd. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure, that his was mother cute. being in the crowd mm-hmm. and her crying like she's like never cried, but now that she fi- fi- she finally can like that release of emotion, her cheering for him that was great. But, like, did we really need, like, the three-minute moment where, like, the sister is nervous, so she goes into a bathroom to listen to a song that I guess they both enjoyed when they were kids, yeah. and then he uses that song in the runway? It was like, just, so like, set up for what? happened right before, yeah. and it was just, like, why? Like, that didn't add anything, and it was so forced mm. yeah. that it I feel you backfired. There. I so, feel there. some of the family worked, some of it didn't. Um, I mean, overall, I thought the kind of transitioning the plot. I thought the first three episodes of the show played like perfectly by the book of that three episode rule, like introduced everyone, had them complete like the first hurdle and like prepared them for the journey to come. And I was like really ecstatic after those first three episodes. And I, I don't know. I felt like overall the pacing was pretty good in the show. Yeah. I I'm, I'm with you. I think the, I think the first three episodes play out super well from there i think pacing was consistent nothing i don't think any episode felt really slow for me personally and i i I watched this anime in two six episode binges so i watched six and six and (laughs) it didn't feel it didn't feel slow like at any like too slow at any moment it didn't feel too too fast at some moments some parts did just get rushed through um but I think I think this anime did a good job of handling two parallel main characters having journeys, um, setting those journeys up, bringing in like characters that mattered along the way, side characters that mattered along the way, and you know after you suspend just if you agree to suspend your disbelief about some of the things in the show, I think the story overall, yeah, it's linear, but it doesn't it didn't end the way I thought it would end, which I was actually pretty happy about. Um, but before we get to that, I mean, Manny, what did you think about plot going towards the end or like, you know, in, in overall? I actually really liked the final fashion show between mm-hmm. everybody. I think there are some parts in the middle where it was like, this is taking a while <laughs> to get to to get to the end. And it felt kind of like they were like stalling for time, I think. Um, like there were some moments with, um, oh, what was her name? It wasn't Kokoto. It was... Um, Maybe it was Kokoda. Was that her name? The the, the, the tall, tall was yeah. the pink. Yeah, um, I kind of liked her, but I hmm, I like the scenes with her uh, just trying to 
do this passion, but even though her future has already been decided for her. But there are some moments in there that I was like, I mean, I don't know. I feel like we can condense some of this to so it's not taking as long. <laughs> Mandy, did you watch this week yes. to week or did week you marathon it? Because I, like Enzo, watched it all at once and binged it. And I felt like not so much that the endings had weird like cliffhangers, but I felt like they just kind of ended when they ended like they seemed like had i been watching week to week they would have been like awkward yes, and stilted yeah. yeah no there were definitely moments okay. where um because i watched this week to week as it was airing and there were some episodes i left off i was like man i don't feel like anything happened like significant happened in that episode <laughs> nothing got addressed yeah. nothing made you want to keep on watching it just kind of ended and I, I guess I would have agreed, but then I just had the next one right there. Yeah, so I just but I mean, moved there were definitely along. episodes later on where I was like, that was really good. I was, I was really happy with that one. I really liked the final um, uh, fashion show. And yeah, um, I think it was interesting seeing all the different kind of designs and how they related to uh, them, and, like their personalities. And um, like Toes was interesting. And I... I I kind of like his uh, battle for trying to outdo his grandmother, too. And uh, because he wants to have his own fashion design or fashion label and not work under hers. And um, like, I don't know. I think it was also interesting that a lot of characters in this failed in what they were trying to do, but still ended in a place where it was like positive for them. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I'm with you. And that's what I was kind of alluding to before is that. Um, do we want to? Should we spoil like the the place the placement of the yeah. of the final tournament arc? Mm-hmm. Um, sure. Yeah, I mean, I was ahead. just gonna say before, if you're going to do the final placements, I do like how right at the end we are expecting the Chiyuki Ikuto yeah, combo, yeah, yeah, yeah. our two main yeah. characters to come together. You're like, True. okay, here we go. Forces who have been building themselves up separately are going to come together, and all of a sudden we get a twist. They're rivals. I thought actually. the same and thing, and I was like. That was good. Yeah, that, that was, was good. good. I got to give them props. I, it was a little convenient. You had to, sh- sure, fine. They all met up at that moment and they agreed and they had the history. Fine, whatever. I can believe it all because it aided in the story. So go ahead. Yeah. No, I'm with you. And so that was one of the plot twists. I was like, oh, okay, let's go. Cool, cool, cool. And then at the end, I, you know, because, you know, Shonen trains you to just believe that the mm-hmm. main characters are going to, you know, like the main characters are going to win. And, not only did Ikuto not win, he didn't place top three, he didn't place top five, he didn't place top ten, he placed 11th. Mm-hmm. 11th. And it was cool because um, Kokoro winning, I was like, mm, sure. Um, but oh, actually, no, actually, I don't, I, I disagree with what I just said. It, she won only because uh, To withdrew. He yeah. was going to be the obvious winner, which makes sense. Yeah. So it's so I think it's cool that this show didn't just like yeah and oh my god this high schooler just came out of nowhere and fucking won the whole thing because shonen. So I thought it was cool that Ikuto lost, and I, and I also think it's cool that the people in the college are like yeah dude of course you lost you're like in high school these are like college seniors doing this shit they've been doing this shit for way longer, you know like that's why ten people placed over you like don't don't get so don't be so hard on yourself. And I, I and I think that was cool. I, I think it was cool that like we had a main character that got beat down. They're, they were trying. Ikuto was trying so hard to win this damn thing to prove something to, to prove himself to people, and he got fucking slammed in the placements. But yeah. like Mandy says, 
he took that with stride and instead of letting that be like oh you know what i'm just not good enough he was like you know what i th- i did the best i could and i love this and i'm gonna keep going forward and yeah grow i got really yeah. emotional at the end when he was like he of course of course he's upset and he's crying about it he's like i i don't even know what to do now because i tried so hard at this and i failed but then they they get um chuki and ikuto both get uh their own um uh, offers job offers and yeah. that kind of spurs them into like kickstarts them into like no i'm not gonna give up i'm gonna keep trying and uh i'll come back better next time and uh, i don't know i kind i really kind of like that at the ending because it felt a little bit more realistic than yeah. that because i was fully expecting that fine when they're doing going from like um when they're doing the placements i fully expected him he was going to be the top yeah, <laughs> i too. really I, thought I, shonen has trained me to think that yeah i know same i was i was like wow they're really about to give it to my boy you could yeah. for first place i'm about to like flip my table because like i don't i mean i think i you know now i'm not a fashion person really but like i i liked his runway show but it was not the best one like personally um and, and should should he have won i would have been a little upset i would have been like that's way too convenient that this fucking high school ass kid just beat out seniors at a fucking fashion college like you know, like, I mean, not that that doesn't happen, but nothing about Ikutu's journey showed him to be a world-renowned genius level. I think I think what the show tells you about Ikutu is that he has a natural instinct to do basics super fucking well. But, like, doing Creativity, basic super, too. He's a lot of creativity. Yeah, yeah, creativity and solid basic work is what he has at a young age, which is promising. To, but it, it, it shows that he has potential. But I don't think that one summer or, like, one school season of trying one, his first fashion show was going to win out against seniors that have dedicated their lives, their youths to this. So I'm kind of glad he didn't win it. But I'm even more glad that he didn't give up and it kind of organically evolved into his next step. Yeah. I- Bro, did you see his clown pajamas? I was just about to talk about that. That boy, that boy ain't no way he's going to win anything really in fashion. That said, I, I, I really enjoyed the fashion in the show. I thought yeah. they nailed that component of it. I thought that was really interesting. Why I thought Ikuto was interesting is the same reason why the judges did as well. It's just his ability to think outside the box. Where everybody mm-hmm. has like these, um, like they're following the, the kind of... Uh, guidelines for that you know your typical guidelines of fashion designing but he's like pajama pants and i thought that was really cool i was like oh that was he's thinking outside the box and trying to do something different and taking those risks i'm with you yeah i disagree i thought his whole point was he wasn't doing that he's not a designer he's a pattern maker at heart he all his designs were just taken from different parts of the world and why executed really well weren't inventive they didn't push anything in a new way i mean at oh. the end his inventive thing of pajamas was just pajamas like it, he'd approach it in a different way but he didn't approach fashion in a different way I, okay yeah and i think that's what he's gonna learn. i i agree with both of you where i i think his his potential does shine in the fact that like the, I think the even the fact that he thought of pajamas is a feat in itself because it's just vastly different than what anyone else in the preliminaries even thought about doing. Um, and I think it is cool that he came to the idea by looking at his looking at Sarah's IG and being like, mm-hmm. "Oh, she never she only posts daytime shit." There's a whole nighttime aspect to her life, right? So yeah. that's cool. Like I think that's a really cool, neat thought process that isn't typical. I would have never thought to fucking do pajamas either. Yeah, because like, everyone never. else is and like, I'm going to make cute dresses for her because that's what right, exactly. she normally wears. But mm-hmm. he also learned that by going to Chayuki's to learn about her and seeing her in her 
you know, just apartment, just in like sweatpants. Yeah, for he's sure. like, oh, that's what people wear sometimes, even if they're wearing heels. Twenty four seven. But I do. But, but but it does take. It's something that I call the eye. It's like it's like for example when people ask me well, why do you like Masaki Yasu so much, I'm like because he has the eye. Um, and the eye is like what the, the way me and my roommate describe the eye is like it's 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 people who have this like way of seeing things and being able to put that seeing something and drawing some crazy inspiration from it that you wouldn't necessarily have gotten inspiration. Like if I was him and I went to Chiyuki's apartment, I don't I don't think I would walk out with pajamas as my idea anyway. You know, I think it takes I think I think it takes a certain type of special brain. However, I do like how you said it, Mason. Where like even though he had the bright idea. It's not like he was able to apply solid concrete fashion, you know, like uh, principles to it because he's not a developed fashionista designer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just he just has a cool creative brain. Yeah, he has so, he has the creativity yeah. to think outside the box, but he just doesn't have the skill to necessarily make something brand new and crazy. <laughs> right. Yeah. So so I think and I think that's why I'm glad he didn't win because even though he has the first comings of the eye there was no way he was gonna out so out design college fashion students like you know i mean it's it can happen you have you have geniuses in this world but like he didn't he wasn't a genius especially a prodigy who can just with one word make this whole like college accept people not from the college right just like oh yeah accept people not from here one student asked for it so we can do it like that's a prodigy. Ain't no way he's gonna stack up to right. that. Exactly. So. Exactly. So, but yeah. Um, the only th- other thing I had to say was I thought the music, the sound of the show was pretty underwhelming mm-hmm. overall. That's where the polishing was the weakest. But just you know, for my sake of time, that's all the comments I had. Yeah. No, I, I'm with you. I think I I don't even remember what the OPED or sounds in the show sound like personally. Um, but I do. But I do like the, um, the, I think the art was solid though. Like our animation art wise, solid. I think nothing was really too like, whoa, that looks really off at all. Um, so yeah, it was solid, solid animation, solid artwork, sound design, nothing special. Um, yeah, I thought the character designs were pretty nice and, uh, yeah, art was fine. Um, I don't remember any of the music in the show. And, you know, I haven't watched it since I finished it, since it stopped, since it finished airing. I haven't watched right. it, but I still remember the OP and there are parts of it that I liked a lot. But, um, yeah, I don't really have anything else to say. Yeah, me, I mean, yeah, me neither, because the story is very, it's just, it's a tournament arc. <laughs> and we had a fashion tournament arc, essentially. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm down to score if you guys are down to score. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, so um, what I... In in conclusion here, like I think this this anime did a really good job of presenting shonen in a very non traditional shonen um, packaging. It did a really good job balancing like what I would consider two main characters and their separate journeys. I think it's difficult to balance two characters while also intertwining them so constantly throughout a show. Um, and given they only had twelve episodes to do it, I think it was. I think it was, yes, we just suspended our disbelief sometimes, but it was as organic, I think, as they could have made it to, while also fitting so many side characters that also had important shit to say and do. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it, it's a shonen that gave me my shoujo vibes that I really like. 
Um, and I love, I again, Paradise Kiss from back in the day. I love the fashion stuff. So this gave me like hints of that again, which is refreshing to me. It's a concept that is refreshing. Not many, th- not many properties in anime will touch on fashion like to this extent. So um, I'm gonna give it um, 3.5 smiles on the runway. Yeah, I went. I just good old boring smiles. 3.5 smiles on the runway um, because the the story was i think the story was executed well the characters were good art was fine music was whatever it's just not something that blew like and and the plot twists were very welcome not one but two really unexpected things happened so but overall the package is nothing out of the ordinary so i can't pretend it's like a masterpiece of a show so 3.5 is my score for smile down the runway uh, I can go next there, and I'll be brief. Uh, there's lots of parts about the show that were just kind of meh. It's nothing was offensive, but a lot of it was just kind of meh. But at the end of the day, um, I was overall impressed with. This is a very new studio, a new director. I think Studio Zola. Like I had low expectations, and it looked really solid for the most part. And for the most part, the sh- show was solid. It was just a tight, compact piece of work that was just easy to take in and despite all my complaints i thought it was decent enough so i'm going to give it i'll be generous i'll give it a three out of five because they left two marking pins in the finished product Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh no i thought this show was all right um there are definitely parts of it that i feel like they could have done better or expanded on to make it a little bit more engaging, but um, overall, I really like the um, I really like Ikuto Iku- Iku- a lot. There it is. <laughs> it took me a second to say his name. He's great. Uh, Chiyuki, I feel like they could have done a little bit more with her story to make me um, care more about her struggles and what she's going through. I don't know. I feel like there are definitely things that could have been improved upon, and uh, I like the final um, fashion show a lot. Like it. Uh, subverted my expectations for what was going to happen, which is really important. I think that's interesting. And I like that, um, like Enzo said, it's a different kind of shonen. And I really like when they branch out and try different kinds of shonen that aren't just your battle uh, or, you know, like your fighting kind of shows. Um, I do wish that, and I know that I, I shouldn't expect this from a shonen anime, but <laughs> I do wish it could have touched a little bit more on um, challenging the standards of beauty. If you want one that does, Princess Jellyfish. Princess Jellyfish does challenge the standards, like your typical standards of beauty and goes through fashion shows with different kinds of body types and different kinds of people from all different walks of life. So definitely check out Princess Jellyfish um, if that's something that you would like. But for Pr- Smile Down the Runway, it was all right. I think I would definitely watch more if uh, they mm-hmm. if they continue the anime. Um, I don't know if it was enough for me to check out the manga. But if they bring back the anime to continue it, I definitely will check it out. So um, I will give it. Um, I'm trying to think of a funny, funny thing to call it. <laughs> uh, while you stall for time, I'll just say I feel like Chiyuki's like impact on the fashion industry can't really happen yet because she's still just trying to get a foot mm-hmm. in. But maybe once it develops, she'll be like, oh, now I have a spot. I can start influencing the world. I can start, that would be ideal, yeah. you know, making those claims. So I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Season two, I'll definitely watch I'll give it, it 3.5 clown pants out of five. Woo! There you go. One. So our listeners gave it an average of four. 
And uh, yeah, it seemed like everyone had some pretty positive comments on it, which you can find in our show notes. And uh, that's all we have. Sorry, we went way over time. But thank you for joining us. And thank you for your patience with me with probably sound issues. Yeah, Mandy, good job. Good job today, Mandy. (laughs) For real. Good job. And uh, thank you for your patience with me, Enzo, who gave you a long list of shows to watch. I gave you you Gintama. (laughs) But yeah, so we will be back next week where Mitz should be back to run the show again, thankfully. (laughs) But you can also, again, go to aapodcast.com slash join to join us. Uh, Help us get higher up on iTunes so we can uh, bring you more content. And um yeah, we have an after parties coming up. So if you're watching yeah. live, stick around. If not, we'll see you next guys, week. Guys, should we end with chanting Mitz is bald because he's not going to hear it anyway? Go ahead. Mitz is bald. 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 Thank you for sticking around. Bye, guys. Love you. Bye.